Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. Hell is overflowing, and Satan is sending his dead to us. Welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show, where we review, rate, discuss, and break down horror movies, not horror films. We don't eat crackers with caviar. We don't drink our wine with our pinkies up in the air. We rate horror movies. This is a special episode. I'm, I'm probably more excited for this one. I'll just go out and say it, that this is one of uh, the, the, the top guests that I've wanted to get on for a while, and we're going to get to him in just a hot minute here, but... We are continuing our Summer of the Dead series with tonight's movie, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Well, if this is the first one you're tuning into in this series, we are going to be covering all of them, including the 04 remake of Dawn of the Dead and the 1990 remake of Night of the Living Dead, which you should have already heard. So without further ado, I am going to first introduce the herbal enchantmenter himself, Mr. Tibu. What's up, buddy? We got this, man. We got this by the ass. How's it going? The Herbal Enchanter. What is that? The Herbal oh, I like that. Enchanter. Yes. I fucking love it, man. How's and it lastly, but not least, Lee, making up words on the fly here. We have a man who is one of the most well-known horror podcasters out there. People know him from all sorts of podcasts, considering the sequels, considering the cinema, Movie Podcast Weekly, the Weekly Horror Movie Podcast, Horror Movie Podcast, 
horror movie weekly. And no, that is not one episode that I am fumbling around with. Those are all different episodes. He also really, really likes, and I mean really likes, M. Night Shyamalan McDing Dong's The Village. I am proud to present to you Jay of the Dead. Hey guys. <laughs> Thank Yay. you so much for having me. Seriously, I'm I'm very flattered because I'll tell you the truth. I, I rarely ever get invited to be a guest on people's shows. So when you when you reached out to me, I was I was truly honored. Thank you. You know why? It's because I told Travis, I was like, dude, I was like, should I shoot an email to Jay the Dead? I'm like, you know, this this would be like, you know, it's like, ah, he's just gonna dismiss it. And literally like two hours later, you got back to me and I was like, just, I called my wife and I was like, you'll never guess who I got on. And she doesn't do anything with horror movies and podcasts. And she, mm. she was like, oh, well, that's great, honey. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But no, I was joking around with, uh, with Travis earlier. If you've got, you know, I'm going to pump your tires, man. That's what I brought you on here for. I'm going to pump your tires. If you've got the Mount Rushmore of horror podcasters mm-hmm. above that on Mount Olympus, You've got Jay the Dead. So, oh my yes, goodness. Sir. Welcome to the yep. show. I am pumped. Nice. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. It yeah, never hurts like... to ask, man. And, and, <laughs> well, and thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. I'm really excited tonight because I feel like, and I'm being sincere on this, I, I have a weird relationship with this film. And I'm looking forward to like asking you guys some questions so you can straighten me out on some things. We'll do our best. And yeah, I know I'll, that. I'll try. <laughs> and I was, when we, when I was lining up guests for this, there was a couple that I had in specific spots for specific movies. And I'm glad you picked this one um, because I know you're going to give us your, your, your true, honest reactions and everything. And it's my all time favorite. And I can't wait for the discussion with it. So Mm-hmm. The, the the whole I mean there's there's a lot to be said with these movies and trying to keep these into you know 90 minute episodes is, is going to be kind of tough especially for fans of our show that know how much we can ramble and Jay Jay was a, a victim of that here in the first 15 minutes before we started recording so <laughs> but before we get any further I, I mean we got to be careful because we've got these little hideouts here that we're recording from. Jay was enjoying the, the, the garage I'm in and the garage Tibu's in. But one thing we always have to do is fight off marauding biker gangs. And in the background, I can hear some motorbikes coming up. So we better, uh, we better duck in. Let's head on into that titty twist of sun. Uh, anybody got some cream pies? <laughs> All right, Tibu, why don't you, uh, what do you, what are we drinking tonight, man? I mean, what's on tap? Um, we got, we got a sober cab in uh, Jay of the Dead, so we're really going to have to tie one on. What's on tap here at the Titty Twister? Okay, I've, I've got something I've never tried before, and I do want to say that uh, that was meant to be a reference to the film tonight, what oh, I just I said, it. and it was so dirty sounding. So what I have tonight is um, <laughs> what Google says is the most popular double Bach in all of Germany. Um, it, it's been around since 1634. I don't know how to say this. I didn't look up how to say it. So, but I don't think I'm gonna fuck it up too bad. It's Paul Anner's Salvatore. Paul, yep, 
Polliner. I've had them before. They're pretty legit. Oh, Polliner. Okay. Polliner. And it's got it's got a British dude on it who looks all fuddy duddy, and um, it's got this like uh, what do you call a Catholic monk? What are the, a friar? It's got a friar with a teapot or something. I, I dig it. Um, I dig the uh, the look of the bottle. Kind of looks like Varus with a little hair. I mean, it yeah. Might, what it's is a, it called? It's a, a eunuch. A eunuch friar and a fuddy duddy. And I'm going to tell you what this. Can you see if he's like. intact in that picture or not? That would tell us if he's a eunuch. <laughs> mm. This has got dark chocolatey notes right off the bat. Ooh, nice. It sticks to the palate. Um, a little, a little sweetness, but this is pretty damn good. This is 7.9% by volume, oh. gentlemen. Mm. Yeah. Good night. So, Thank you for coming. See you next time. Yeah. <laughs> by the end of the show, I'll probably have a slight slur. So, all right. Um, this shit's fucking tasty, man. As long as right, you don't have to listen to that Southern Cajun drawl, anything's better what? than that. What? what? You what? have me on this show. <laughs> All right. So I had to, I, I've been saving this one for, for a hot minute here. I run, I, I got to say, I did have it before, but I pulled it back out because of the picture on the can. So trying to pair beers with the show. This one was kind of tough because there are, I've got other couple other zombie themed ones that I'll be busting out here, but I walked up and down the aisle and I came back. I'm like, God, why, why am I staring at this here? It's got a really cool like engine with flames coming out. And I was mm. like, my God, the first thing that came to my head were the biker gang coming out. It looks like just <laughs> like a yeah. flaming head motorcycle skull thing and it's reunion brewery which we've actually had on the show before it's a collaboration with wake brewery it's all gas no breaks it's a triple ipa with summit and nelson sauvon hops we're gonna give that a quick little uh, uh dip here what is yours a pretty dark beer oh yeah yeah she's it's um well i actually i mean the bottle's dark <laughs> i'm sorry i haven't i don't have a a, a glass i'm in between homes right now because i just moved all my shit over out into the country so i'm i'm not in my normal environment i don't have a, a glass yeah this is i don't have a good it's it's got some stink on it i'll tell you that nine percent yeah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna one up your seven point holy shit we're getting we're, we're getting payad tonight well we got a sober cab so we're just gonna let her buck man <laughs> jay jay i hope mm -hmm. you're a safe driver man i, I am i yeah. drive like a grandma to be honest. Nice. I like yeah. that. That's safe. That's good. Yeah, all the people at my work, it's actually funny. They're like, hey, you want to come with us tonight? And it's it's not about hanging out with me. It's because they know I'll get them home, you know. Oh, oh bullshit. I'm <laughs> oh, hey, dude. I like that, though. If everybody drove like you, mm -hmm. or me, for that matter, yeah. the world would slow. Just, just be more chill. It's even in your cadence. You just kind of chilled out, yeah. man. Like, That's it's right. cool. Don't worry about it. I like uh -huh. that. Yes, sir. I like these. I like these vibes, guys. I like the bruise, and um, I don't know. Do I like the movie? Boss Tuna, are you ready to talk about Dawn of the Dead? Only if you say something nice about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So let's get into 1978's Dawn of the Dead. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. Dawn of the Dead. 
Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. They must be destroyed on sight. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Dawn of the Dead. Okay, so obviously we know this is the next one in the zombie series from George Romero. This one clocks in at X amount of minutes, depending on which cut you watch. Obviously, there's what's considered the uncut, or I think they call it the Cannes Festival cut, which is going to be the longest running one. I think that's like 139 minutes. The U.S. theatrical release, I believe, is like 127. And then the good old Italian cut. I want to interject. Um, There is a longer cut. It's called the Mall Cut. It's on YouTube. Oh, yes. It's like three hours long. I I haven't seen it. I think that's an unofficial one, though, right? It it is, but it's, it's... it's still of all scenes from or that were shot for the film in the right. in the film. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I believe there's the the three universal, universally accepted ones, and then yeah, the Italian one. I th- I think the Italian one's still damn near two hours, hundred and some minutes, mm-hmm. which they they call that the short version. So, and we'll get into the kind of the um, I guess we'll say the 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 reasoning for that here in a in a in a hot minute. So. Mm-hmm. Jay of the Dead, we always like to go around and guess what the budget and box office and all that kind of stuff was. So, oh, okay. okay. Any guesses? I will let our uh, esteemed guest go first. What do you think the budget of this was? <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. It, it's kind of hard to tell with the Romero film because uh, you, you've got uh, Tom Savini doing such, <laughs> such good yep. stuff. Let me see. I, I'm going to guess. Yeah, I'm terrible at that. You guys are gonna make fun of me. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna guess like uh this is it's, I'm gonna guess like two hundred thousand. <laughs> it's probably way off for the for the budget. Okay, Tibu, what do you um, think? Seventy eight. They got a whole mall, but they were able to. I mean, I'll say let you do that for the trivia. I don't know. I, again, and I'm saying this when I do movies. I look up the stuff, you know, the budget, blah, blah, blah. When I do movies on uh, Joe Blow, I don't look up anything, so I don't know any of this. The budget, I would guess, from looking at it, would probably be around 3 or $4 million, maybe. And I'm saying that mostly because of having a helicopter, uh, you know, certain things about the movie. I don't, but I don't know. So I'll just stop you from rambling. And yeah. in the words of Bob Barker's, the price is wrong, bitch. Uh, <laughs> oh. You overshot it, so you're out. Jay of the Dead is closest. It's actually about, I saw a couple different numbers out there, but I'm going to go with $640,000. That's wow. impressive so, as fuck, man. That's yeah. super yep. impressive. What do we think this did at the box office? <laughs> Jay of the Dead? Oh, okay. I will let, let you see. go second, actually, so Travis can embarrass himself first this time. Okay, thanks. <laughs> all right, yeah. See, this is all we're flipping scripts over here because you thought people were gonna be blah, you. Now I'm I'm the butt of this joke. Uh, what is the joke? Money, greed. This is all thematic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, ten million. Let's say. I don't know what kind of release it had. I don't. I have no idea. Ten million dollars. Just throwing a yeah had a lot more larger release than Night Dead. 
since nitrogen yeah. is mainly um, drive-ins. What do you think, Jay? I was going to guess uh, 2.2 million. Is this opening weekend or total run? Total, total run. Oh, okay. Oh, total. And, and, and we're talking about total as in the time it was in theaters or like from 1978 to present. Like, oh, no, just, okay. just the theater run. It's, okay. it's, it's initial release theater run uh, U.S. Okay, maybe I'll go up a little bit. I'll go, I'll go 6.3 million. 66 million. So this one was pretty successful. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's big time, dude. Yep. They got big balls on this movie. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yep. Yeah, I was kind of impressed when I saw that. Again, I, it's hard to get legit numbers. So, I mean, I, I saw a few different numbers on the internet floating around, but I like the 66 million. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go as far as saying it's probably 66.6 million. Mm-hmm. Right. Mena, 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 mena. This was written by George A. Romero. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, also written by him, directed, starring David M.G. as Stephen. He was in not a lot of movies, but the one that caught my eye because I recently saw it with Joe Bob was Basket Case 2. I saw Basket Case 1 with Joe Bob, but mm-hmm. Basket Case 2, that's, what a gem that was. Ken Forey <laughs> is probably the biggest name from this movie. He was in he I was reading through his film credits and I was impressed. I would say the last 10 years were you know a lot of uh like like sci-fi specials we'll call, <laughs> we'll call them. Um but he was in some gems as well from beyond Texas Chainsaw 3, The Dentist, Devil's Rejects. He was in some some bangers we'll call them. Scott Reiniger, he played Roger. Uh, he was really not in a whole lot. Uh, it's kind of funny with the actors that played, um, I guess, Roger and Steven. So David M.G. was, he, he was literally working in a restaurant and the owner of the restaurant was friends with um, George Romero and told him about him. So he came in and, and you know, auditioned for the part and got it. Uh, Galen Ross was only in a few movies as well. And it was Madman and creep show. Same thing with her too. She lied through her teeth on her resume. It obviously worked for her to get in for the audition and she got it, but I would say creep show. And well, this one for sure is, is the biggest in her career, I guess, short career. Anything you guys have or want to add? Just oh, the actor. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. Sorry. I just wanted to say, um, I, I have always been impressed with Ken Foray's screen presence. And even mm-hmm. as this film begins, it, it's, it's kind of surprising how soft-spoken he is in his character. I mean, a lot of times you get uh, an actor who's really trying to project and, and he just has a lot of confidence and a lot of self-assurance and you can see it. And his character is as big as life in this. Love it. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's a great observation because it's almost like he's, He's balanced in that respect because he's literally a large on-screen presence. I mean, he's like mm-hmm. six foot five, so he's a he's a you know a large human that's out there. And it's funny the dichotomy between him and Roger throughout the movie because the big personality is the little guy at you know five foot six or five foot seven, whatever he is. Um, and it's then me and got, you. Yeah, kind of is. <laughs> um, and then you got yeah Ken Forey is is you know the big guy that's you know, kind of soft-spoken and yeah. And, and one more thing, if I may say, uh, it's also kind of interesting, you know, this is a sequel to Night of the Living Dead and, and you had um, 
uh, remind me is his name off the top of my head. Dwayne, is it Dwayne Jones? Yep. yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dwayne Jones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, African American, a very prominent role, and then here again, we. I think it's cool we have an African American man who is in a very strong leadership position, and I think that's so interesting. George Romero, he always claimed. Uh, I wasn't trying to do anything political. I wasn't trying to make any statements, but right. there it, I mean, it's so evident in his right. films that he was thinking about things and he had some undercurrents in there. Yeah. I also think it's awesome that they gave him pretty much the, uh, the most famous line of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, because his, his, there's uh, no more room in hell. Yeah. Yeah. The dead will walk the earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, some quick, uh, Trivia facts, I guess, with the I, – so I was able to watch – I watched the theatrical version and I watched the commentary as well, just kind of freshen up on everything. And there's so much information. Like we could do an entire show on just, you know, factoids and, and commentary. But a couple of the cool things, one of the biggest things that people – I would say people that aren't maybe fans of the genre or don't appreciate this movie for what it is – one of the complaints I always hear is that, yeah, the zombies are blue in this and that was not intentional. <laughs> Although that in the commentary, they're, they're fucking that gray. Came out, what's that? They're gray. Well, they were meant, they were supposed to be a gray, but it did look bluish. Yeah, on yeah it film. does. The, it's the, the color correction or something fucked up. It fucked that up and the blood. Which yep, I think was, the blood looks awesome though. Yeah. It, it looks like a giallo kind of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's it's funny because they were blaming it on like the cheap 3M blood and and you know the famous quote of Sabini is like yeah it looks like they took red crayons and melted it. But then on it that flip like side tomato sauce. <clears throat> I don't know what kind of tomato sauce you guys eat down in Louisiana but Chef Bardi cuz that. But um Romero's counter to that is he's like, oh, I think it looks cool. We're going for a comic book look. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, it is what it is. Uh, I have no problem with it. But re- this, this kind of harkens back to what I said about Galen Ross and that Romero asked her to scream. Well, first off, she was a very inexperienced actress and she reportedly tried screaming on her own, trying to get her, her horror scream down and it didn't sound right. And her excuse to uh, George Romero was that she said no, and she denied it, saying that she's a strong female lead, and if she screamed, she would lose that it, that that stigma, I guess. And Romero never asked her again to scream. So, mm-hmm. um, the, yeah. the there's some really cool trivia with the zombies in this and in Savini. So you know, it, it would took it took Savini and like twenty other makeup artists on average two to three hours to do a a zombie so in between they would go and there was a bar that was was open around there so the 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 you know fake zombies or whatever would go to the bar and they'd get drunk and they'd come back and the whole joke <laughs> that, you know their their shuffle and walk was was yeah. not them really acting they like there was a joke that was said by by Romero he's like yeah I just had to film him walking back from the bar <laughs> and he's like you only had one incident the whole time, you know, filming at that mall, they got drunk, stole a golf cart, crashed it into a pillar, and apparently it cost quite a bit of money. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I thought that was a pretty pretty cool story. All the extras got a dollar, a donut, and a t-shirt. Oof. So, <laughs> wow. Which, oh, my I would, God. 
I would take even less than that. There's a quote, I, I forgive me, I can't tell you who it was from, but someone, a local that ended up, I think it was, I think he was actually the zombie in the boiler room of the, um, of the mall was work. He worked with Romero quite a few times. He's a local Pittsburgh guy. And his quote was like, you know, everyone that grew up in Pittsburgh, their dream was to be an extra on a Romero movie. So nice. yep. I, I would imagine there's a lot of history you know, in that you think, area. With you, that. Think, you think Romero and Shyamalan ever got together and jerked off over a map of Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? It's, 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 that state is just, oh, I was going to say, I feel like we should bring up, um, we're going to go off on a little side tangent. It's what we're doing, <laughs> but, but, uh, I, I got to give you the floor for a minute here, uh, Jay of the Dead. Oh. I, I was really dogging you earlier about the village. Um, Love it. What, what's your it's, rating on that? Just out of curiosity. Oh, the village? 10 out of 10 it's my 10 all-time, out of 10 my all-time favorite film and it's yeah. a masterpiece i mean i yep. i've i have spent so many people have like you just balked at that that i actually recorded like a two or three hour episode mm-hmm. explaining why it's a masterpiece it's on time. considering the cinema i believe right yeah exactly yep, yep. yeah yeah because and, okay. and nobody ever listens to it but i'm I'm, I'm, oh, I'm gonna go listen to that because i i i didn't know you did that mm-hmm. and um on Front Street, like I, I know you through Watson and Dave Z. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard them on Considering the Cinema, and then mm-hmm. I went back and checked out, and now Watson's on on your show, and it's, it's fucking yeah. awesome. But oh yeah, he's the man. Oh damn, I just lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, The Village. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to go off too much on a tangent, so we'll get back to the trivia. But I saw that in theaters with some friends, and. It's one of those movies where when you walk out and everyone's talking, you're like, we, wa- we watched a different movie tonight. Right. right. Um, Absolutely. Because I'm an M. Night apologist. Yeah. I don't like all his movies. Same. But I love some of his movies. And I think he has – I think he is a great director, and he just needs to, to find his – not stay in his lane necessarily, but he needs to <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know what he needs to do, but The Village right. is awesome. Sorry. Yeah. Back no, to I'm the like- trivia. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't want to dog on you. I was like, I better give him the floor for a minute here. But no, I, I as no, much as okay. I was giving it, I, I love, I love the village as well. You, you can dog on old all you want. That I haven't seen nuts. it yet, actually. I haven't, I haven't seen it, and I was looking forward to it. Guys, I hated it, but I won't, I no, won't hate it. All right, go all right. ahead. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you lowered my expectations, so mm-hmm. I think it's okay now. Right. My, I'm not gonna lie, mine are mine are low. I don't know why. I'm I I, I just I'm like it's in. I'm gonna see. Well, it. I don't know. One more, just one more thing on this. I actually like the happening better than old. <laughs> okay, I shit you not. Right before you started talking, I was gonna say I actually like ninety five percent of the happening, and then you came in and said that. So right, <laughs> I'm the one happening. of those weird ones that really like the happening. Nice. Okay. If you yeah. watch ninety percent of it, right. The last five minutes were just like, a... <sighs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, I think I think that movie, if you watch it from the perspective of like this, could be a weird fucking I don't know somehow like a B movie or something from the because <laughs> the, the acting is schlocky as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, we'll but but there's Mark a lot Martin of like that. You're gonna watch your dude. Lips. Oh my god, his he's he talks to a plant. Look, that movie that movie's a gem for different reasons. It's it's a, it's it's schlocky as fuck, son. But 
um, signs in the village. I will go to my grave saying or signs anyway. Fucking back to the trivia. We yes. can't tangent this hard. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to the Joe Blow Horror Show, Jay the Dead. I love that. <laughs> you guys are the best. This is so fun. <laughs> the last, Thank the you. last thing that I wanted to get into is when I what. So obviously, hardcore fans are going to know this, but one of the most interesting pieces of trivia that I think most people don't know of that aren't hardcore fans are the fact that this almost didn't get made in terms of budgetary and securing that funding initially. So without getting too deep into this, um, Romero and Argento were buddies. So Romero was going around. The, the whole idea of this movie came from his buddy that was involved with that, the Monroe Mall. So back, back in the you know, mid-70s, you know, these super centers, these malls were very uncommon. A lot of people hadn't, you know, didn't even know they really existed. So he, Romero was on this tour and he, that, that's kind of where he got the whole idea from it. Obviously there is a 10 year difference between night and dawn. So he started getting the idea and wanting to do another film and he was securing funding for it. And it came to a, it's, it stalled. Essentially they were having a hard time getting the funding and Argento is a buddy of his and kind of heard that he was trying to get funding to, to complete a movie and Argento is the one that actually is kind of responsible in part for this movie coming out. So in turn, they had a little bit of a deal in that Argento was going to help back essentially, you know, the, the film being made and he was going to get the rights of the, 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 I, I think they called it the, the four, a lot of people say the European release, but I think it, it was, was like all foreign language cuts. Yeah, he was like, hey, I'm going to give you some money and you let yeah, me use a goblin. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you some pizza. I'm going to put the margarita on your movie. Uh, yeah. So he spiced it up. So that was kind of the deal they had. And in, in, in turn, he offered Romero to go to his his cottage or whatever the hell those little cabin things are in Italy. And, you know, in between Romero eating grapes off of Argeno's <laughs> chest, they... <laughs> Got they became hedonistic together in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Tuscan. Lots of wine, lots of experimentation. Next thing you know, there's a zombie movie. So. <laughs> but. And then they met Jordan Slansky for a threesome. Ooh. If anyone watches Conan, you get it. <laughs> but so anyways, yeah. Um, Argento helped fund uh, the remaining balance of the movie in return. Uh, he actually did the soundtrack for this as well, too. I think there's, there's some Goblin in there as well um and yeah goblin if you guys don't know who goblin is how dare you no i'm kidding this uh, yeah this soundtrack is is gold to me i mean like the it it, yes, it, it captures the era but also it, it's it's so eerie and troubling right it is disturbing there are mm -hmm. certain certain um motifs in mm -hmm. the music that that are very it's it even though the film came out in 78 I don't know. It's kind of like Suspiria in a way because it's Goblin again. Mm -hmm. Some of these parts, um, I think, are Goblin like that weird. That sounds, it sounds 80s enough and it's got just an eerie mood, but I'm not going to lie. Some of those, like, it, sound, it sounds like a 19, again, 70s cop show with it. Well, yes. At, but I know, I know Goblin were jazzy. I know they, they did some of that, but it just, some of that I'm like, Mm -mm. see no. I, 
well, one thing that fascinates me about the cinema is how s- storytelling can be done not just through images and dialogue, but it can also be done through other means like uh, costuming or camera angles or even even the actual music. And there's that that bum bum bump that droning um that low and i don't even know the instrument what it is to be honest with you but it's it's this droning impending doom of this and i and i feel it kind of i don't know it it gets under my skin a little bit but i I love the soundtrack to this it's it's funny i love it but also when we talk about my cons i've got a con Mm -hmm. this as well that'll be a fun little chat in a minute so Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we obviously, we talked a little bit about the fact that this has a few different, we'll say officially not official releases. And one of them is what they call the Argento cut, which is a little bit shorter version. The reason is, 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 is so a lot of people thought that Argento did have pull in the movie because Romero spent weeks at his, what's, what's the term? What do you call those fancy French? A bidet? Chateau, the chalet, the chalet. Oh, oh, chalet. Yeah, he's at his the chalet. chalet. Mm-hmm. And in the commentary, like roof. In the commentary, I saw um, <laughs> Romero. He 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 straight up said that Argento had he 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 didn't even ask him to change anything or include anything or whatnot. So some people say that there's some Argento influences in this, and Romero outright said no. So. Hmm. If you would have asked me that, uh, to be honest with you, Bastuna, if you would have asked me, I, like it was like a trick question, I would have suspected that there was some Argento influence. And that will get into my, my cons later when we talk about my critique of this. But just putting that out there yeah. as a teaser. There's some Argento stank going on? <laughs> yeah. I, you in know, I mean, yes. Romero, it, it's kind I of a funny it. thing to think about because Romero outright says that like Jay said earlier, he's, oh, there's no political this and themes and social <laughs> in his movies. And there obviously is. So mm-hmm. either maybe it was, you know, um, subconsciously put in when he was out there, or maybe, you know, Argento kind of was like, listen, bitch, you're at my chateau yeah. eating grapes yeah. and <laughs> fancy wine. There's only but, one way out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah he, he was, was, um, he was that guy. I mean, I'll spread rumors all day. Argento was that guy. Made great films, but look, he would he would kidnap other other filmmakers. It happened more than once. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Well, yeah, like in Romero's denial of um, you know, his his political themes or his underlying commentary is like when Andrew Stanton was saying that, oh, Wally, that's not an environmentalist film. I wasn't trying to make an environmental film. It's like, <laughs> okay, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was fat shaming America is what he was doing. <laughs> exactly. It's so on the nose. It's in the nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you guys your first time watching, viewing, experiencing, whatever the movie. Let's start off with uh, you, Jay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Um, I have a, a, a few confessions around this, this film, so I hope you all can absolve sins. <laughs> no, your listeners are going to be like, who the hell was that dude? Never have him on your show again. Because number one, I, I actually saw the uh, Zack Snyder, the 2004 remake first before seeing this one, I have to really? confess. So yeah, it was. I actually saw this kind of like later in my life because what, what, two, 
that was like 2004, right? Four, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was relatively recently. And, um, the thing is, I have to also confess, you know, I was born in 76, I'm 45 years old. So I am part of that MTV generation where, you know, I like the little bit like upper, um, you know, a little bit faster upbeat editing. And so the, the first time I saw this, and I have to tell you guys, every subsequent time, I've probably seen this film all the way through now between five to seven times, if I were to guess. And every single time, I fall asleep in this movie and I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I hate it, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, this, this film puts me to sleep and I have to watch it in more than one sitting. This is incredible because, all right, I'm, if you don't, I, I saw this movie in high school. Um, I'm 32, uh, mm-hmm. but I was getting into horror. wasn't a horror by the time I saw this. I already seen Night of the Living Dead, the original and loved it. Watched this movie in high school. It bored me. It, it bored me. I'm just going to wipe tears off my face here. I'm right now. <laughs> and oh, over the years, over the years, I've only been able to watch this movie in chunks and scenes and pieces and through other media like retrospectives, reviews. Uh, again, James Rolfe, Cinemassacre. I've, I've referenced him on the show before. Um, love that guy. He's talked about this movie. Um, and it's always, yeah, it's, it's, so I'll, I'll kind of say, uh, save this one part, but I have to say it right now. It's I saw it again for this review for the second time ever in full. If you, for me, I'm, I watched it like I was watching Days and Confused, the Linkletter film. It's like a hangout movie, but they're zombies, <laughs> kind of, and and like kind of like mm-hmm. a, a Days and Confused. So that's all mm-hmm. I'll say about it right now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, my, my watching history with this film is, is similar. It's sparse and a um, lot of dragging, a lot of dragging. Mm-hmm. Like the zombie being drugged behind the car or. <laughs> no, well, that was in there, but there was a lot of, a lot of me having those idle eyes that hollow out. And mm-hmm. then I blink out into existence. And like Jay said, I nod off. Oh, well, and and Bostuna, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, you can totally kick me off the show for saying this, but you'd have to kick I, me off too. I I, I, I just want to. I gotta say, I, although I do feel because every every zombie lover that I've ever talked to, I mean, people I really respect about film, like Kyle Bishop, Doctor Walking Dead, who's a, a super smart guy, he loves it. I mean, so many people call this a ten out of ten, and there's a lot to appreciate about it, but I do feel like this film is a little overrated and um, I still think it's great, but citizen Kane, (laughs) I don't think the listeners could see, but TV was making faces and mocking. um, (laughs) That was great. I didn't want to interrupt you, but but, I wanted to be like, he's dropping bombs. But but, but here's the, I will say this though, before Bustuna kills me. Um, the thing is, the first time I ever saw Citizen Kane, which is supposedly the greatest film ever made, I was like, oh my goodness, what are they talking about? But the more yeah. I've learned about Citizen Kane over the years, the more I learn about it, the more I appreciate it. And I have to say, the same is true with Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I can't disagree with you guys. I can. <laughs> but, but I feel like I can't say anything without saying my age, since we're all giving our age. So I'm 37, but... Mm-hmm. I did not see this movie after uh, Dawn of the Dead. Um, 
I mean, my name's my name's not Cole of the Dead, so you'd think that you know you'd see it. Before. <laughs> I'm just busting balls here, oh, but <laughs> I deserve so, it. I, no, but I like how we all have nicknames here. Um, I think this is well, no, because Ricky has nicknames too. But Boss Tuna, T Boo, Jay of the Dead. This is mm-hmm. pretty neat. I don't That's know why right. I had to point that out. I like that though. Mm-hmm. Nothing no, gets sorry. past you, buddy. Nothing. I'm shut <laughs> up, man. <laughs> <laughs> So I I know Jay and I haven't had a whole lot of conversations back and forth. So uh, my listeners, our listeners know this, but just to fill you in real quick, I, I claim to be the biggest zombie nerd ever. Zombies are my favorite genre, subgenre, like everything zombie. I'll, I'll go on Tubi and I'll scour. I'll watch city of the dying of the returning living dead four, and I will still find Mm -hmm. something cool about it. (laughs) I have no problems with that, but yeah, this whole series, we, we were trying to figure out, you know, a special summer series, summer, something to do. And I was like, well, I've wanted to redo, do, to do the, the, the Romero movies. So we're going to do them first. And literally what got me into horror movies was ironically enough, seeing the 1990 version of night of living dead with mm-hmm. Joe Bob back in like 90, 96 or 95 or whatever it was. And then the reason that this, so this one here is, is near and dear to my heart, nostalgic, whatever term you want to throw at it. And it's because when I was younger, my uncle, I I just told the story on the last episode too, but when I was younger, my uncle had a a movie store. He didn't have the other uh, night in 1990 night, or maybe he did. I just couldn't find it if they're in alphabetical, but I saw this movie and it was the cover I saw. And it was that iconic cover of Roger's face when he's turning to a zombie. <laughs> and I rented it and I'm like, oh man, I was like, I did see a zombie movie before. I'm like, you know, 10 years old or whatever. And I shit you not, I rented this movie so many times that my uncle ended up just giving it to me on VHS. And my buddies and I watched this movie. I saw this movie, I would say no less than probably a hundred times before I was out of high school. And <laughs> even when I was in college, I played football in college and, you know, we all prized our naps and my buddies and I, like we would go and it would be a nap before practice or whatever. And I would like this movie, I would put this movie on and I would fall asleep to it. I mean, this, Understandable. this movie so many times. I just absolutely love it. That, be, that is, being said, it's I probably, say, go ahead. This is a feel good movie for you. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have I have School of Rock, another Linklater film, is one of those feel-good movies for me. I can put that movie on and just – I don't even have to be engaged or whatever, but it's just nice to have on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can watch it. I don't have to. I can fall asleep to it. I have uh, many times. I, I dig that, man. That That's cool. And, yeah. And, Tibu, I'd just like to chime in there. So I'm not trying to atone or anything, but what Bostuna has said – See any any huge zombie fan where like the zombie subgenre of horror is their all time favorite. They're obsessed with zombies. Every single one that I know, which is uh, I'm talking like five people like him, they mm-hmm. all this is their number one, and that makes me second guess myself. Especially since he's seen this over a hundred times, it's like okay, clearly I, I'm I just think, not getting it. I, no, I think what it is is that there is certain like I prefer cosmic horror you know like that's or aspects of cosmic horror in horror and i'll even find cosmic horror and shit that it, it's not even in there and but 
I could find cosmic horror in zombie movies. I mean, it's it's people cannibalizing each other, man. It's stars eating stars if you really want to go deep into the, the science, bro. But um, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, pe- people are varied and they have different tastes. And I could see how someone who is of the preference of a zombie movie would have this as their Bible. Like, they could always be like, this movie. And they're not wrong to hold it up as a good film because it is a good movie. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that just because the first time I watched it and it bored me and then I never watched, like, we're, we're going to talk about it. So you I've know, got a theory not, about this. Not as young. <laughs> and, and Jay, I'm actually curious if, so I'm, I'm going to give you my theory, but I'm curious your thoughts on it and if it's relatable or anything with any of the other people, you know. So the funny thing is, I don't know if it was brought on by the first time I saw a zombie movie with, you know, which was the 1990 night living dead in 95, you know, I'm 37. So I was, you know, like what, 10, 12 years old or whatever, mm-hmm. 11. So the weird thing is, is I, uh, I, I have an unhealthy obsession to like apocalypse scenarios and end of the world mm-hmm. from video games to like, I don't watch TV outside. Like I don't watch any TV outside of like sports in horror movies and very rarely someone will get me into a show. Like I'm a sucker. Someone said, Hey, watch game of Thrones. Next thing I know, like my life is over for, you know, two weeks until <laughs> I go through this. Right. Fuck yeah. uh, there's a show out there that's called doomsday preppers. That's awesome. <laughs> there's another show out there called the colony. That was like a, like a reality show on the discovery channel about literally they took people and put them in like this desolate. I mean, it looked like I'm also a huge fan of like, um, books like the road cormac mm-hmm. mccarthy love it I was, gonna ask, I was gonna ask you have you ever read blood meridian Mm-mm. uh that's uh the sequel or or no it's no it's unrelated it but it is the cormac it. mccarthy it, it's oh, another oh yeah 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 um i know i have it but i've heard of it i think i have it i just haven't done it yet landscapes and yeah dude you need to you need to read like, it's the mad max movies fury road I, I love that shit but no i'm serious if you guys can go and and i don't know why this just randomly popped in my head because i literally haven't thought about this show in years but it's called the colony it was on discovery they took these people and they dumped them in like the middle of nowhere and they're like you need to survive and like they made a um like a windmill to generate power. It was cool as hell. So I've just got this weird, unhealthy obsession with end of the world. And my buddies and I, when we grew up and we were watching Dawn of the Dead, I think some of the things that drew us to it were, first off, it had a hockey rink in there. And we immediately were like, <laughs> fuck my parents. We're going to go and we'll be able to skate and play hockey every day. So that stuff. And it was just a whole idea of like, I just loved it. I was like, boom, the mall. That's exactly what I do. I'm a huge foodie. I was like, dude, they've got like this like brick of Jarlsberg cheese that you could crush a zombie skull with. I mean, they got got fucking olives that Roger sucks on for like an hour with his mangled leg. So bad. But every time I see that, it makes me want to just go and, Motherfucker drinks the juice. So anyways, yeah, I could go on forever about this, but just everything about that scene when they clear the, I was very fascinated. Like a lot of people think those are the boring parts of the movie, but I'm like, yes. Like, oh, that's the hangout aspect. Mm-hmm. That's the hangout <laughs> part. Like a dazed and confused whenever they're having all their, like robbing the bank, they're, they're okay. Look, yeah, we're going to get into it. We got to get into it. We, we would get in like damn near fist fights 
over like the Zamboni, like what would happen when you run out of propane? How are you going to power the Zamboni to clean the ice? And we'd almost get in fist fights. Be like, no, wow. you could turn, you could, you could pull that out and you could put a lawnmower motor. I mean, it was, we were that big of nerds with this. So <laughs> yes, it's very, very, when the end comes, I'm coming to Iowa. So oh, I dude, can, that I was going to say, Boston is not in his garage. He's in his bunker. <laughs> yes. Jay, I got to tell you, I think you'll appreciate this. I think I've told this to my listeners as well. So when I was in college, we had a uh, house and we lived, I went to a smaller school. It was Bemidji State University. Shout out if anyone randomly out there has ever heard of that. But mm-hmm. we lived just north of town to the point where cops would leave us alone. And this was when Facebook very first came out. I remember like Facebook came out like a year after we moved into this college mm-hmm. and we would create like a group on there. And this was before feeds and whatnot. And people knew it, it as the party house. And I had an impressive zombie collection in like 2005 mm-hmm. and we had our first kegger there. And next thing you know, everybody calls it the zombie house. They're like, Hey, is there a party at the zombie house? Like, like still to this day, like I haven't been, I'm 37. I haven't been in college forever. And Uh people still call that because long story short, what happened was, is someone, it was a married couple. The husband died. The wife didn't know what to do. And she turned it into a rental and then she sold it and became a rental. And Mm -hmm. the house still has that name. It's called the zombie house. Like it hasn't been the real zombie house and like, God, I don't even know how many years, but yeah, they called the zombie house was because of my zombie collection. That that's serious, that. serious bragging rights right there. Because yeah, if your zombie film collection was such that it inspired the name of that house, yeah, yeah that's some street house. horror cred right there. Probably if I look we up, had a TV up in the garage that was like just playing zombie movies on repeat. But yeah, <laughs> they called it if the I look, zombie house. It can I look great. this up? Are there pictures? Dude, okay, so up until like two years ago, you were able to go on 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 Google and search "zombie house party" because what we did was, is the group we had, our our logo picture was the picture of Homer Simpson when he was wheeling the keg out and Barney was behind him. That was that was our picture. Nice. So it would be like "zombie house party," you know, such and such date, you know, ten dollar cover or whatever. It was it was great, and you're able to still find that. I can't find that picture anymore, but damn, you don't have any. Okay, well. I'm, I'm sure I could find some. Yeah, I do. But yeah, <laughs> find some of that shit and post it out to the gram and the oh man, Slasher app and which like, hey, listeners, you can find us on Slasher, right? We never talk about this shit. Yeah, we're on Facebook as well. You just you just gotta search Joe Blow Horror Show. That's it. And send us an email, Joe Blow Horror Show at gmail dot com. Yeah, bud. <laughs> good call. Good call. So okay. That's that's enough of uh, my experience with this here. I guess. Oh, I, go ahead. Hold on. Did we do? We didn't do the ratings, man. What the, ratings? Um, the audio, the Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb. Oh yeah, that's right. We we got lost after budget and uh, good call. Okay, Whew. I'm gonna make same you go first, Jay the dad. Same thing, Jay. Uh, you just guess if you if you don't know. Yep. Oh, with okay. the IMDb or so, with the Rotten Tomatoes? Jay the Dad, tomatoes? what do you think that uh, the boring movie of Dawn of the Dead 1978 got on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Rotten um, Tomatoes, a critic score. Oh, the critic score? Okay, yeah, I'm guessing 98%. Ooh, close. What about you, T-Boo? Uh, probably, yeah, 96. 94. Pretty close. 94. You guys are really close. Hmm. 
Tibu, I'll let you go first on the IMDb. So for those that don't know, IMDb is a user rating. So what do you think the user rating got? Uh, 8.1 out of 10. Ooh, what about you, Jay? I'd say 8.6. 7.9. Mm. But if you do the math, uh, Canadian math says a 7.9 <laughs> on IMDb is a 9.8. I think that's how it works. <laughs> what? Carry the, the one. <laughs> I mean, because if you think about it, a 7.9 on IMDb means it's legit. So. Yeah. Mm. So let's start ta- chatting about this movie here. Right away, you're dropped into fucking calamity. You get this chick who's up against this kind of weird fucking wall. It looks like... It must have been their soundproofing in, in, back then. It was like shag carpet on the wall. Dude, mm-hmm. it was fucked up. And uh, well, to me, it reminded me like if you've ever been in, in a house or in my case, a trailer where the ceiling looks like they just sprayed that fucking shit popcorn. on it that you can... What is it? Popcorn. Textured Popcorn. Mm-hmm. yeah it, that to me and she she's like half asleep and she she gets woken up in this television studio the media all right so this is one thing that romero's touching on in, in in this film um and it's it's calamity there people are freaking the fuck out producers they're they're airing a talk show where the host and his guests are debating what is it how to uh kill the zombies or something like that there's mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of yeah, they're they're well. They're trying to figure out what they are. Is there, are they are there any semblance of humanity left in them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're fucking screaming. Everyone's screaming. The, the the television director runs into the studio. I love this shit. And everyone just quits. And he's like, "Can we get someone up here who knows how to run this thing?" He's like pushing <laughs> dials and shit. Oh, so dude. for context, this actually takes place. Romero's qu- quoted in saying that this takes place in the middle of the zombie apocalypse in terms of there's just as many zombies as there are humans at this point. Nice. Yeah. Cause like in night of the living dead, it's the beginning of the zombie apocalypse where zombies are just springing on everyone. No one knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. This movie, like, like boss tuna said, the we're kind of in the middle of the, the war for the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really like this opening, the whole opening. And th- this is going to happen time and again throughout this movie especially for the second watch. I find maybe the movie's starting to lull, but then it brings me in with the characters or it brings me in with the moment or it brings me in with a certain scene where, where they're doing something that I actually get engaged in. Um, I got nervous a few times during the, this watch because I didn't remember how the movie ended or who died. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, I wish I could erase part I, of the memory for that. I got nervous a bunch of times. Um, I'm not going to lie. When Roger got bit, which we're not even there, but it's kind of conversational here, um, that that freaked me out because I'm like this mm-hmm. when you meet him, which is right after the uh, the television station scene where you meet um, France Francine, yep, and Peter, mm-hmm. Fran, yeah, Fran, Stephen, yeah, oh Stephen, Peter is um, he's coming up, yeah, uh, uh, Flyboy and um, the useless snag. No, <laughs> den mother, as she calls herself. Yeah, den mother, dude. God, what a what a useless character. I'm sorry, but she didn't do shit this whole movie except make like be depressed, make everyone depressed. That's that that's what I was seeing. I'm sorry if that's not what y'all did, but I did. Um, she's just sitting there with with homeboy next to her in the bed, rejects his wedding ring, right? 
Like I'm that sorry. Was, that was later on at the. I know, game. but I, mm-hmm. but I'm just giving the like a little spiel about like like what are you doing? It's not real anymore. What the fuck's real now, lady? There's so, zombies everywhere. So Tibu, can I clarify? I just want to ask you. Um. So are you are you saying that you didn't appreciate her character's attitude, in, like within that world of the film, or were you saying that you know in terms of screenwriting? The purpose of her character wasn't significant. Oh, no, no, not 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 in terms of screenwriting. I'm just saying okay. how I felt about her character. Uh, As a per- okay, gotcha. Just yeah, curious. no, she no, she her character being in the movie. I mean, you wouldn't have certain th- certain things that I'm kind of ragging on, or kind of or things I also kind of. I know this sounds fucking backwards, but I I also kind of dig. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just my gut reaction watching it, like. Look at this painting you guys have of a fucking flyboy and Fran here in the bed. Her breast is exposed. The lights on him. She's in the dark. I don't know. I'm, you know what I'm I will say there. though is 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 I will actually. I, I don't know if I'm going to back you on this or or how you want to interpret it, but I will say that as a character, she is kind of insignificant compared to the other three males. Well, I think she plays a big part in the film, but her but her person or just what she does and is in the movie irks the fuck out of me it, it mm. doesn't matter if it's a woman or a guy whoever's acting like this bitch i mean <laughs> no and i i would call a guy a bitch too this bitch it's just a bitch acting like right. a bitch the whole movie right I, I, you're in a survival situation and i mean granted she's do- pregnant but you're you're right she's only got a couple like you, you break, <laughs> yeah i mean you could break down her Zack Snyder her, brings it her uh, her photos. usefulness or uselessness <laughs> and and just a few I mean it, there there is that one part though where she you know flyboy when they stop to get gas I mean dude he can <laughs> hit the broadside of a fucking barn door and no. then he picks up that rifle and is sniping zombies from the top of the, <laughs> right. the mall like you right. know Roger's leg is like right I'm like man I was like that's pretty ballsy of you so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I mean she does have some significant parts, but I, right. they, they do a good job of making her like, oh, she's just sitting at the top of the stairs again. Weird. Yeah, but- I mean, like, there's that, and I don't want to get too deep into this with, with her necessarily because I don't – yeah, it, it's certain things about her her character. I, of, go ahead, Jay. I know you got something. Well, I like I, – I mean, I, I like that you brought this up, T-Boo, because, um, because yeah, there, there are always characters in horror movies, it seems like, who drive us nuts – but in yeah. terms of like Romero's purpose for her as a character, I do feel like, you know, as as he sprinkles his underlying commentary, I think, you know, th- there's the abortion question in this. Yeah. And it's like, I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of interesting because it's like, OK, if there's no future, are we going to bring a kid into a world with no future? Um, th- so that's kind of interesting. And then also her, her insistence on kind of standing on her own two feet. I mean, she tries to really put forth her strength as a as a woman and as a character and you know some the guys kind of push back on that and yeah so I feel like Romero was doing doing his thing again and it sounds like from Boss Tuna's trivia that she even had some feedback into that so that's kind of interesting but yeah yes. in terms of annoyingness yeah I mean I could see on the annoying scale <laughs> only because and like her purpose does serve in, in a way a ni- not nihilistic but just a more pessimistic she wants to turn the mm-hmm. tv off like give up man and the the abortion scene is that 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 was some real shit and i'm sitting there like 
yes, the exact thing you said. Mm-hmm. What do we do now? Do you want to keep it? Because look at this. Look at, but that also goes back to me, her rejecting the ring. It's just a symbol. It's just him trying to say, I love you and I'm here. And she's like, this ain't real. What's not real? Yeah. I wish there was some elaboration. You ever, you ever have a, a scene in a movie where there's no elaborating, where you're like, people in real life don't talk like a screen writer writes this or the editing happen. Right. We actually keep going and, and explain ourselves. And I want more out of that scene. I want more. Like, what does she mean this isn't real? And why are you rejecting this guy? Well, and, okay. So for, for me, I just like to say, I, actually, this, this viewing, you know, when they're sitting there in bed and they just look so um, despondent and dejected. I call it the painting. It's just yeah, the painting. Yeah, the, the painting scene. Yeah, like when they're sitting there, this time I that struck me a different way. I read it a different way, and I'm like, okay, they're they're showing us hopelessness here. There yeah. there is there is just absolute hopelessness and nihilism. And so because they had this romantic evening, this nice date that Peter helped facilitate, and you know you assume that the rest of the evening is going to go really well too, and then you see that they're just completely despondent. It sucks, man. It's very much a downer. And I got to be honest with you, I love downer shit. <laughs> That's why I, it sounds like I'm to... ragging on some of this, but I really like it. It's just her character in the movie. I'm like, Ugh. I've got something to add to this when we get to the themes portion here. But the one thing I will say just to fill Jay in on here, we, we actually talked about this last episode comparing the difference of the characters from the 68 to the 90 Night of Living Dead. And if there's one gripe I had to make between those two movies, and even with this one, is is just the portrayal of the female character. Because, you know, she is wanting to be this strong female lead, but, you know, yeah, I get it, you're pregnant, but whether it's... Poor is too much man for that, (laughs) Paul. Whether it's the writing (laughs) or whatever it is, I'm like, give her, you know, more responsibility, something other than, like, I just felt like... I just felt like all she did was stand at the top of the steps the whole fucking movie. That's the problem. I'm saying I want more of the scene with her talking to Flyboy because I want more of her character than her standing at the top of the fucking stairs. Yeah. Do more with yeah. her, man. And, and, and don't make it, you know, well, I guess, yeah, the, t- the TV turning off, turning on scene, I do like the scene. So her character, though, I'm, a, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm repulsed by her action in that scene versus Peter's. Is it Peter? I keep confusing Peter with Steven. I'm sorry. Steven's Flyboy. Just call him Flyboy. Mm-hmm. Why did they call someone Theodore in the film? I heard Theodore. Theodore. Yeah, at one point I heard Theodore. Must Thank have been you, the Theodore. herbal enchantments. No, bro. I wasn't, I wasn't on these until right before we started and now. And on okay. these. I'm not on any of these. I'm, I'm, look, I smoke marijuana. I believe it's pronounced marijuana, but whatever. Well, uh, I don't imbibe on the marijuana. (laughs) Uh, So getting back to the the opening there, one cool thing that I think deserves a minute of discussion is, so they all bail out of the, we do spoilers, by the way, Jay, if you haven't noticed already. Mm -hmm. And listen, (laughs) obviously we're doing spoilers, so, but Everybody bails. Yeah, I was going to say, who hasn't seen this movie, this, this boring movie yet? So, I mean, this is from 1978. So. But anyways, they bail out of the, the whole TV studio or whatever you want to call it. Flyboy is, he, he flies the news chopper. And he's mm-hmm. kind of got like a secret girlfriend, I guess, or whatever, with Franny, Francine. And then we have our two characters, which are going to be Peter and Roger, who are the SWAT guys. Hold on, uh, hold on. 
hold on. But who is that fucking guy that is just like, like racist the, as shit? The racist guy? Yeah, right. Who the fuck is that guy, man? He's like sweaty Puerto Ricans and shit. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. what is that? Worse than that, yeah. And he's he goes into that apartment complex. Yeah, the SWAT team, I'm sorry, dude, but they the movie is unrelenting for the first like 20 or 25 minutes, something like that. You go from the chaos of the newsroom and the arguing and the shouting and the, and the secrets and the, the, yeah, let's fly out of here. I got a chopper. And then you go right into this SWAT team raid of an apartment, uh, apartment complex that's controlled by a dude named Martinez. And they're like, Martinez, this whole scene is so like epic in a way um, and gritty that that racist fat SWAT guy goes off on a rampage and is is kicking down doors killing innocent people <laughs> man i'm like it's, it's more of romero's social contacts being thrown into the movie with you know the the racist white guy just going in and messing yeah. things up and the yeah. fucked up part is he's like he even says like uh they got it better than me like he's mad that i don't even understand it yeah he He's complaining about their housing. They're living in a housing project <laughs> and he feels like, yep. yeah, that it's, that's fancier than his house. But I, I wondered about this scene this time and the purpose of it in the film. And I, you know, I think, you know, a little bit of action always helps, but also I feel like Romero is trying to show us what happens when, because we, we get a good uh, dose of a bunch of dead people through this because there's a lot yeah. of violence, a lot of people getting killed. So then we get to see the zombie action in action. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you also get some some character, I would say, foundation set too between seeing Peter kind of hiding out in the basement. You mm-hmm. see, and and it's 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 funny because of the way that it projects their arcs. If you think about it, with Peter hiding in the basement, but then you have Roger who is you know, sick to a stomach and can't handle this. And then the way yeah. that they flip here, you know, in a few minutes. I, I want to point out too another, another moment of humor. Um, and I find a lot of humor in this movie, which really, really, in, I enjoyed the humor in this film uh, for this second watch ever. And I, I want to state right off the bat, even though we're not towards the ratings part, I want to say I was not bored this time. Not bored. Yes. Every time I thought there was going to be a lull, the movie pulled me back in the characters or the scene, whatever. But the, the second uh, humorous thing was to me, it's fucked up, but Roger's talking to this new guy on the force and he's like, you know, shit pops off or whatever. You're going to be okay. He's like, I'll be all right. Something like that. <laughs> and immediately that guy gets shot in the head immediately. Yeah. Boom. And I'm like, damn Romero, you, you knocking me out here. Mm-hmm. That was great. That yeah, was there. There's some great use of, prosthetics um squid i mean there, there there's a lot of good stuff that goes in with this with the gore and this mm-hmm. this scene kind of sets it up because they give you a lot in the beginning and then there's a little bit of a lull and they give you a lot at the end as far as the gore effects and everything so mm-hmm. yeah it's down here in the in the uh it's the boiler room of the apartment complex or the ba- just the basement the basement like yep. uh yeah peter and um Roger talking, uh, they, they share a cigarette, which, which was cool. And this priest comes through and he's like, let me pass or something. Mm-hmm. What does he say? He's like, he says, man, 
I feel bad because again, only my second time watching. So none, none of the dialogue except some of those one-liners are really memorized, but that priest says some cool stuff at, right at the he beginning. He says like, um, one of the things he says is, um, Oh, sorry. I thought I had it. I don't, I'll, I'll find it. I'll, I'm looking for it. Cause I did write down something he said. I'll try to find it. I yeah, wish I'd have wrote he, it down too. He, he, he was like a, did. like a Jamaican priest Ooh, or sorry found this oh go ahead forgive me sorry about talking over like a jerk um it says when the dead walk (laughs) he says when the dead walk we must stop the killing or lose the war there it is Mm -hmm. okay and later in the film you see a scientist this is why i was thinking it's a correlation you have religion and science because later in the film you have a scientist on on they're watching on a broadcast when they're holed up in the mall and he's saying shit like we need to feed them or bomb them is basically there. There, I know the bombing is eliminating, but his first thing is we need to corral them and feed them. And that's stopping the killing. It, it, I don't know what that means in a larger picture. I just made the correlation. So I, thought, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm ahead. wrong. C- correct me if I'm wrong. I thought he was proposing, you talking about the guy on the talk show. I thought he was proposing that, that they eat the zombies they eat them no no because they were saying people okay. were asking him then so we're supposed to feed the enemy that they, they were saying uh there were people replying to him when he was going off and he's sitting there trying to say he's like almost having a tantrum he's like or or like a, a fit he's like we have to be logical it's our only right. we have to be logical he keeps repeating but yeah some people are yelling back at him so we're supposed to feed the enemy so I took from that that he, oh I thought they said eat the enemy sorry okay <laughs> maybe may, dude maybe they did like I, I don't I'm not oh, you sure you guys got me all messed up that's good oh shit oh we have no clarification <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll try to find the quote somewhere interesting, you interesting. yeah uh, yeah I mean anything else before we head out of the apartment complex no that's yeah. that's what I was gearing up oh yeah go ahead Jay. Sorry, just real quick. My my favorite. I I know a lot of people love the the helicopter beheading scene, but my favorite zombie gore action is in here when the zombie bites the woman right at the base of her neck and yep. shoulder. That is yeah. such a beautiful. That I mean, that is incredibly done. That lady mm-hmm. really got bit. Yeah, that that's, I I saw that and yeah in the commentary they were talking about that. That's like the guy weird. bit down too far and got her skin and she was like, Oh motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is an awesome effect though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was after like they, they, they meet in the basement, Peter and Roger. And then how do they, how do they meet up with the, uh, I know they all meet at the docks. Right. And they got those guys there that are wanting cigarettes. Well, the docs, that's, that's the one thing that I've had a little piece of nugget. And I really didn't know this until I was doing some more research for this episode. So Joe Pilato plays Captain Rhodes in Day of the Dead. And he makes a little, I don't know if you say cameo or whatnot in this when they're down at the docks. And I found and read about this cool, you know, and, and this might be a far fetch because Romero has a lot of returning actors in his movies, but there's this cool, but it kind of makes sense little piece of trivia that that is the real Captain Rhodes. So Captain Rhodes was a cop in Philadelphia, but he was also a reservist in the military. Wow. So that was like right. a little nugget. That's headcanon for, for me now. 
What's that? I believe it. It's yeah. head canon for me now. I believe it. I, I mm-hmm. want to tie these movies in yep. any way I can because they're not they're 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 considered sequels, but they they're not in they're, a way. They yeah, are, but they're sequels not sequels in the universe, if you will. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of tying them more closely. Yeah, that like yeah, that. I th- that's really cool too. I'm like, fuck yeah. I was like that, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yep, that's Captain mm-hmm. Rhodes on the state. Maybe uh, Dwayne Jones could be Ken Forey's like uh, uncle or something. Yeah. Yeah. And and I felt like um, the best way that this tied to Night of the Living Dead is um, you know, it it shows the they refer to him as rednecks. I think it shows the dudes mm-hmm. roaming around yep. and shooting zombies. So I I mean that was reminiscent of Night of the Living Dead as well. I'm not gonna lie to you, my dude. If there's one place I want to be when that shit breaks out, it's the country because <laughs> that's what I, I'm happened. just saying. Yeah, you, you could set shit up. You could be around some people that are like, yep, we're going to have this perimeter. We're mm-hmm. going to just pop them off as they come and take shifts. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You could raise a community just getting rid of that shit like that and not have to worry about confinement. Big cities are no place to be for that kind of shit. And uh, Evil Dead Rise, that's all I'm going to say. I hope that movie takes it there. It's going to start mm-hmm. in an, an apartment complex. I hope it takes it out into the fucking city. Deadites, a city of fucking deadites. Bruh. Oh, I'm so pumped for that movie. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, but they meet at the docks how? I forget. It's fuzzy how they all get there together. So, they, um, I believe it's Roger's friends, Roger is friends with uh, Steven. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they have this, yes. they, they It's, it's good enough for me. Plan. Yeah. They just yeah, the plan and beat there. Yeah, and Stephen had actually invited Roger to escape with them in the helicopter, right? And then, and then, and then Roger play, you know, extended the invitation to Peter. To Peter, Fuck, yeah. yeah, because he's like, they're like, "Who's that guy?" And he's like, "No, he's all right." Yeah, and they're like, and "Cool." You talk about a little bit of uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, like comedy stuff. My favorite thing, and I just remember being a kid and and loving the scene when that one goofy ass he looks like Andy Samberg. <laughs> From he's <laughs> yes. like, you guys got any cigarettes? Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> Rogers acting all like, oh, do you guys got cigarettes? Nope. And then ten seconds later, they're all like, lighten up, yeah. like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> and that dude's performance right there too, his Andy, <laughs> that Andy Samberg guy, his <laughs> performance is awful. I can't oh, believe no. Romero so let they go through. That. Yes. He does the whole thing like. <laughs> He oh, rolls his eyes. He's going up, and then yeah. he takes him like five seconds. Oh yeah! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. That's like so bad, that's man. like fucking um. What's his name? Willard. Uh, <laughs> George George McFly. God damn, I can't think of the actor's name. Um, he's in Friday the Thirteenth Part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, four, and he's like, they're, they're all th- these chicks are all uh skinny dipping. They're like, you guys gonna come in or whatever? And he's like, oh. <laughs> no <laughs> i'm just like i love i love little things like that so that yeah crispin glover right crispin glover crispin there you go glover, thank you yes yeah. fucking love that guy man yeah. mm-hmm. oh so yeah they're they're flying away they're smoking them up they don't know where to go and this is when you get one of the gnarliest scenes in the film right they land gas, gas station yeah and they're kind of they're fueling up they're looking for supplies whatever Ken Forey, fucking barging into this little house and some little kids come at him and I'm like, oh, Tom maybe. Savini's real life niece and nephew. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. 
Pretty good yeah, ending with this, trying to get kids to do the classic Romero walk. Obviously, it was kind of tough. So, I I was just I was just like, no, I and not no like fuck the scene. It's awesome that it's in here, but watching it, I'm like, damn, dude, you had to shoot some kids to mm-hmm. death. And well, I and I death again. And, and Tibu, I feel like that that was part of. Um, getting Peter where he needed in the headspace he needed to be in. You could see, I felt like in his performance in that scene, when he had to shoot the kids, he, he realized that he was going to have to do some things in order to survive mm-hmm. that he never thought he ever would have to do. Yeah. I like that you say that because I, I, I agree. I do see the him kind of coming, even coming out the house, mm-hmm. which he gets pissed at Flyboy, who like Faustina was saying, can't, <laughs> this is the scene where he where 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 uh Steven picks up a gun and he cannot shoot anything. I don't know what the fuck this guy's doing. Uh <laughs> Roger has to constantly knock his gun out of the way, literally just knock his gun out of the way and take take the headshot. Mm-hmm. Uh Roger's a great shot, man. Um and Ken he's coming out the house, yeah, or or even when it's more when he's in there, right? He's got that look on his face like fuck. Okay. <laughs> that does that gives him a balance throughout the film like y'all were saying um he, he is the most pragmatic uh people assist him but he's definitely leading things i'd mm-hmm. say it's almost with roger it's almost like um what's the term like a red herring because you think that at first with him being in that I, shock that it's gonna kind of you know give him a foundation and level him out and then we get to the mall you have some pretty great shots and you know they they start deciding that this is where they're going to hole up Mm -hmm. the whole idea well after they land on the roof and break in (laughs) break in um don't they figure out kind of quick that that stairwell is uh they could isolate it and make it make it to where no one can or if there were intruders which i forget which character brings that up it might be it was Peter. It was Peter. Yeah. Again, pragmatic that like we should board this shit up or or make it look like this this entrance is never here and we can use other means and ways to get around the mall so so no one can find us. And right? Like this, they start Yeah, this is where it gets a little bit, in my opinion, heavy handed with the whole consumerism kind of aspect of it, because this is where you get Fran, Franny coming and saying, Well, why because you know, they go down, they scout it out. They lock the doors up and they come back and she almost gets killed by that zombie. And she, her whole thing is, is can't we just take what we need to leave? And she's trying to get, she's getting like um, consoled by Flyboy, And he's like, you won't believe what's down there. You know, they have great stuff. We got some good stuff for you, blah, blah, blah. And I, th- I think this is where the whole consumerism thing comes in because she just literally well, says, can't we just take what we need? Because she said something like mm-hmm. you're being um, hypnotized by this place or something like that. And, and this is, again, this is where I don't like what she's saying because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, dude, this place is full of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying live here now forever, but let's like they're saying, hold up. Uh, we have a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It seemed like a good plan to me. I, w- I would do what they did. I- I'd find all of the, I'd eliminate all the zombies that are in after we lock up the entrances like they do. I would gather up all the food, water, drinks, whatever the fuck. And we would kind of, yeah, wait it out for a little bit. And if shit went sour, 
or went south, whatever, fly the fuck away. I mean, I don't know. It's a good plan. I think I think it's a good premise too for for this film. Yeah, I I think um, it's interesting because it seems like when people celebrate this film, the the thing that they love is that um, you know the 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 context of um his critique of consumerism, mm-hmm. and the thing is, something that bugs me as a as a film critic over the years is, is people will say, um, yeah, this film is about you know, anti-consumerism or whatever. But, but honestly, I feel like that in this film, it, he doesn't go very far with it. I mean, I, I salute George Romero, of course, for, for even addressing this. But aside from that comment, and then a few times they make the, the comment that these people are just returning to what they know, and this place was important to them. And they mm-hmm. keep saying that. But, but really, the fact is, as you were saying there, uh, Tibu, that, they they're in a world now of limited resources and they need stuff, you know? So I, I feel like in terms of being critical of that decision, I think it makes a lot of sense what they do. So are you team mall then Jay? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a hundred percent team mall as well. And this brings up another mm -hmm. thing, not to interrupt you guys, but this has been a recurring question I've asked on these episodes. Are you team basement or (laughs) main floor? Night of Living Dead. Um, me? Yeah, team, uh, team main floor for sure. Yes. You got, you got to have no. an outlet. No. You got to like. Tibu uh, and our last two, all of our no. guests were team basement. I'm glad no. to have you on my side. Absolutely. Well, they well, can stay in the basement. I mean, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, we'll, right. and, and we'll let y'all in when y'all motherfuckers are. Getting no, I'm going alive. upstairs and jumping out but, a window. Well, I was always, say, I did always say though, I'm more team addict than anything. So well, you didn't all, see that until 1990. Yeah. So in all seriousness, though, Tibu, and this is a, a genuine question. I mean, what about having an outlet? I mean, it, don't you want an escape route of some sort? What if the zombies catch the place on fire, for example? Oh, well, <laughs> I guess I'm burning to death. I don't know. <laughs> in, if I was in the situation for real, like let's say me, you, and Boss Tuna were were stuck in this this place mm-hmm. with that with that. Uh, are we talking classic or 1990? Classic. Oh, yeah. Okay, classic. So um, that oh, man, if, that, if those other characters are there, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. But if it's just us three, I guess since both of you guys are main floor, I'd stay with y'all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like, well, fuck you guys. I'd. I. I would want to be on a team here. I'd to, feel better. I feel yeah, better I mean, having you with us. Well, I feel better being with y'all. So that's it's it's well you gotta you gotta brush that shit aside quick. I try to be if if I was in that situation with the people that are arguing, I would be like homegirl in the remake who's trying to be like, guys, y'all are y'all are fucking kids. Y'all are children. She tells Candyman he's a child, bro. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, back to the mall. Yeah, with the movie, uh, the, the next thing to really talk about, because they're just trying to figure out what to do with the, 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 the mall. The decision's made. They're going to stay there. They're going to, you know, wall off or block off the entrances and clear it out. And then we have the whole thing that goes down with Roger, which is the biggest problem I have with the movie. What, when he gets bit? Really? Hmm. Yep. Yep. Tell it. I agree. Well, I agree, though. I didn't like that he his character got 
this is this is what's cool about the second watch. I'm sorry, Boss Tuna, I'm gonna let you go, but I I I grew to like all the characters, even even Francine, even though she bugged the fuck out of me. I didn't want her to die at any point at all. She was pregnant too, so that would have been two deaths. And I'm glad they didn't keep that original ending because it's, I was just gonna bring that up. I I would have. I I wish they did have the original ending. To tell you the truth, this is where this is where me and you are like almost. I like, well, I'm not gonna say, huh? I like dark shit. Mm-hmm. I do. I normally do too. I like bleak fucking shit. But mm-hmm. yeah, for some reason, I I don't know. I didn't want her to die, man. I'm glad they didn't kill her. Um, so but go ahead. I like the characters. <laughs> I, I do too. And, and part of me might be just biased because I did like Roger. The biggest problem I have with this whole. I guess continuance of the the scene is I don't like the progression of him just going bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, he goes crazy. crazy. (laughs) I just don't like the way it was done. And, and again, part of me just might be because I I like him too much to see him go that way. But, but that's where you get my opening line of the show is he gives that great line. He's like, we got this man. We got this by the ass. <laughs> Who says that? And I'm like, I would say that in that moment. I like how he goes kind of off the wall, but it sucks that yeah, he gets well he get bit. Well, let me let me try to defend that if I can, Bustuna. Like, you know, I can see that critique, but honestly, I feel like this dude's a little bit of a gung ho kind of guy. Like when 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 he comes in through the roof, the way he lands, I mean, he's so full of a. Uh, piss and vinegar as they say like 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 this dude is kind of gung-ho and then at, at one point he gets annoyed with the the threat of the zombies and you can see him lashing out and then i think the ken foray's lines to him kind of peter's lines reinforce the fact that he's losing his focus he's losing his um objectivity on what's happening so he, he's telling him to get his head screwed on right because yep. i think when things start slipping you know i guess he he starts wigging out and, and well, kind of losing it he goes through a manic sort of mindset or mood because he goes from shock mm-hmm. to now he's just like you said piss and vinegar man he, he's mm-hmm. he's zero to 60 all of a sudden and right. yeah this leads to you know so ultimate you know part of this too is who's the bald zombie on the cover of this film by the way i just gotta ask that real quick what was the question who is the bald zombie it's roger on the cover art like it's him when he's laying in bed like this i i thought honestly because i've always wondered that too and this time i was watching for it the dude, I don't know if he's, and forgive me if I get this wrong, everybody. I don't know if he's Hare Krishna, but he he's the dude that comes in with the tambourine. Oh, I thought I it was that say. dude. I thought it was that guy because he's bald. Okay, Roger's well, not bald. Okay, well, forgive me because the 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 um release I have is the one that's got um Roger, Roger on it where he got the sunken eyes like it's just yeah. just turning mm-hmm. well i'm talking about the all-time imagery yeah. of the it's been across almost every release it's oh, just God. the bald zombie God. head God. at the left to see at, it's at on the, the disc as well yeah yeah it might be it's iconic boss tuna okay i'm sorry know, Go ahead. i got the same i got the same two dvds in my collection i've had forever so <laughs> uh, but no so as far as my problems that i have i guess again you know, I, I don't want to sound too much like an asshole because I like his character. I just don't <laughs> like the progression that he makes because 
I felt like when you saw him at the apartment building in the beginning, you know, he had that rude awakening moment when his buddy gets shot in the head. And then when he's in the basement throwing up like, holy fuck. But then he transitions into this like gung ho, you know, as Jay said, uh, full of piss I want to say kind of thing. And I don't like Rogers, the decisions he made. He's a good guy though, because right there in the apartment at the beginning, when he sees that racist guy killing everyone, he yeah. he fucking jumps on his back and tries to stop him. Yeah. Just want to say that though about Roger. He he's yes he's back and forth, but he's a good dude. He is. He is. And so to kind of backpedal a little bit with what I'll say is is I do think that that sit down he had with Roger. Oh, another thing that just annoys me with movies in general is just oh man, I've I've got I've got eight things in my head right now. So I'm going to pause for a second, and ask you guys real quick. It is said later in the movie by Peter that it's insinuated. I should say that he knows if you're bit, you're turning into a zombie. Do you think yeah. that both Peter and Roger knew at the time they're moving the trucks that if you get bit by a zombie, you're turning into a zombie. Do you guys believe that they knew that for a fact? I think Peter did because he said he, he knew. But I don't know if Roger did or not. You guys think Roger knew that as well? That that's a good question. I honestly I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, we're in the middle of the pandemic, right? With the Right. The, yep. But so I, I it, it would seem like if for that timeline, you at could. that point they would know that once you're bitten, you would eventually so, turn. So I think it well, makes sense. The one Jay thing just, just Jay just said something off. that oh, oh I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, you, no, go. Go, you go ahead. Because the one thing that really pisses me off is how careless he is. Like, not like like if if you're stealing fucking trucks and you're hot wiring them, <laughs> why would you leave a door open? Close right. the door. So dumb. It's so dumb. Are you that careless? Right. Because he's not thinking like like fucking yeah, kids forward. Long, I understand that, but mm-hmm. it just pisses me off. What were you saying, Tibo? Oh, J- Jay said something. This is not. Okay, so let, let's say we live in a universe where our combined will manifests reality. This is just me really off on a side tangent. This is not. But I'm like, did the zombie apocalypse, because Jay said pandemic, mm-hmm. did, did the zombie apocalypse conjure through our culture, conjure the COVID-19 pandemic in a way? <laughs> it's not zombie flesh eating, but it's like the world shut down, weird shit infection i'm just i'm just i'm just looking at it from that weird lens that i'm not saying i subscribe to but i could just look at it that way and be like oh that's weird well it's so interesting that that you mentioned that because i feel like what revisiting this now in the midst of covid19 um especially in the opening news interview when they're debating the points i think it's really this film is very prescient right now because it's like I'm not, you know, you're not sure exactly what to believe because you hear so much conflicting, you know, information regarding uh, like the <laughs> COVID and the illness and how to how to safeguard against it and what works, what doesn't work, etc. And in this film, they actually say something to the effect of, "I'm not sure what to believe. I guess we believe what you tell us," you know. And and that's it. it Remind me a little bit of. Fauci and all that stuff, you know, because people, yeah. you know, I'm not getting political. I'm just saying that no, you know, yeah. some people don't know exactly what to believe or how to feel about things. Everybody's telling somebody knows something what to believe and how to feel. They 
think they do, but it's just crazy right now. <laughs> it's craziness. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Romero was uh, definitely, man, he, he, he tunes in a little bit and creates something that like you're, you're, we're putting a, like a focus on uh, his work from, from 1978 mm-hmm. and looking at it through a lens of 2021. But it's funny because <sighs> the same themes are relevant. And you find connections. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not that long of a span of time, but it is at the same time, if you look at history. So Mm -hmm. awesome. man. that, yeah, that's a, that, that is a good, another good point right there. So wrapping up my thoughts with Roger, I love his character. I hate to see him die. I hate to see him go. And it's weird because this is like halfway through the movie, but for me, at least watching this movie, I'm like, fucking a, like he's dead in the first five minutes. I mean, that's how I feel with this i feel the movie goes so much f- it did it did seem faster this time because i was like damn rogers got bit already but yeah you're right we were an hour in yeah that's crazy dude and the last thing i wanted to say when i was saying before before i got rudely interrupted by tibu no, i'm just kidding <laughs> oh, um man. is i was saying that he yeah i, I was kind of backpedaling on because i do feel that I, i'd like to think at least that when he had that sit down with peter that he did start getting his shit together and, you know, okay, yep, I'm going to start being more careful. I'm not going to be careless with this whole thing. And they go back to get his bag and he gets bit. And, and that, that whole thing was just a mess. Like, in, in, in my brain, I want to say, oh, man, that was his, you know, he was reaching the top of his arc and he was there and he was redeeming himself. And then, boom, he gets bit. So that's Fuck that bag. What was in that bag? That was so fucking. That, that was his like kit for hot wiring the trucks. Fuck that. He had to have it. Well, no, you, you're in a mall. You can find something. Yeah. Fuck mm-hmm. that shit, dude. You're stupid. But. <laughs> okay. So after Peter, uh, uh, Roger gets bit, they go out and, um, what are they trying to do? Cause this is when the car happens. <laughs> the, the fucking yeah, well, they, car scene. They put trucks in front of all the, the big doors. You know, the whole idea is, is yeah, there's only a couple zombies that are going to be in. There's not gonna be enough of them to bust the doors down. So they lock everything up and they start clearing out the mall from the inside. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, that we, go- we talked about this already in that this is where you see them clearing the zombies out, but they're also yeah. patching up that door and this is where you start to see them living that lavish lifestyle, you know, with. They're doing whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jay, did you have anything to say about all, all this, like the, this in-between part of, of uh, securing the mall and living in the mall type mm-hmm. deal? Because I, I want I want to jump next to, I guess, what's the next big part is the biker gang showing up. This is towards the end, kind of. Yeah, yeah I guess the only thing I would just insert right here is – um. I think it's interesting how in horror, obviously, horror is, has to do with our fear of death and especially our discomfort of dead bodies. And what's interesting about zombie films is um, it, it actually brings that fear to life because we've heard so many times in movies, there's a very popular quote where it's like, it's not the, you, you, you'll hear like an undertaker or somebody like that, somebody who works at a morgue say, it's not the dead ones you have to worry about. It's the live ones. And, and in a zombie film, it is, in fact, the dead ones that you have to worry about. So it's just interesting to me that this, this film does show us kind of the 
inevitability of death. Death is still coming for us as we live our lives, as we get distracted by our daily comforts, just like they were in the mall. Death is still lurking and eventually going to catch up with us. Heavy. Yeah, right. No, that's yeah. no, that's aptly fucking said, dude. Yeah. I love I th- see this is what I love about the original a lot more than this one and I'm I'm saying that up front is the visceral and again, I can find through the imagery of the dead eating the living and in my own brain, I'm like this shit's cosmic as fuck. Like this and I like that. I like that kind of perspective and the mm-hmm. way I think about it. And this movie, I mean, it's got the same thing. These, they're, they're, <laughs> and we're getting to it in a minute because in a minute, the, when the biker gang shows up, it's again you you're thrust into the gore, definitely the, yeah. the most gore of the movie, right? Like hands down, mm-hmm. and craziness. Uh, but that that that's that's crazy, dude. Like the dead eating the living. The way you described it, I'm sorry, I'm not articulating this right, but. You said it best. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so the next thing is ultimately Roger's death. And there's a couple things, again, that play into, you know, George Romero. I've never made a movie social commentary, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> he's going through his fever dreams and, you know, he gets, oh, we whooped him. We, you know, we, we whooped him, didn't we? And he's looking for that. Um, that part made me sad. It made me very sad. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's also kind of hearkening back to the whole idea of, of you know, the, the, what, what did they give up and what did they sacrifice for the uh, the material items of this, you know? Mm-hmm. This, well, yeah, Roger, Roger is dead now. That they're in, really. So, yeah. Um, one cool thing too, and I swear to God, I didn't like look this up and find this. I just noticed this on my own, and I was like, damn. Putting some shit together here so nice. you know Romero does a good job of tying certain things together putting certain things in movies and whatnot but one thing you know maybe this is just me like watching this with a different eye um that reminds me Jay I got a question for you about your viewing okay. habits later okay. on I don't know if I want to do that on air or not but I'm very curious about something about how you welcome Ask me anything. But for me, watching this this time was a little bit different because I was more in the whole critical eye kind of part of it. And Mm -hmm. it was, we had the burial of Roger and the very next scene, we had Franny. And the the cinematography on this was awesome. And it was a great shot. It was Peter packing down the dirt for – Roger's burial and then we see Franny and it was dark and the only thing lit up behind her was the maternity store and I thought that was a great um parallel I did not I did not notice that and that is an amazing thing to notice dude yes I thought I was wondering if that was like a purposely done parallel between death and life kind of has to be that's awesome (laughs) very good yeah that's a great juxtaposition yeah That's impressive. Yep. So I I was like, I wonder if that was just kind of something, you know, because it does play in that whole theme too. I mean, abortion, you know, I mean, that was obviously brought up with this. I mean, this movie for its time had some pretty, you know, racy things they were talking about with that racist (laughs) white guy and the things he was saying. 
dropping the well, end abortion. It don't stop. It don't stop there because Day of the Dead does the same shit. But uh, tune in not next time, but next time after next. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, we got all four. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, but oh, that's that's one thing I wanted to touch on real quick uh, before we got into the biker gang. So the biker gang scene. Love. Okay, it. hold on, bro. Yep. They they find they okay so. so Steven's teaching Fran how to fucking fly the helicopter like she wants, which I like that part of her character. I do. Yep. Yep. Um, and she, she got it and, and they're so happy together. And I like seeing that it's very different from the ring scene. And I, I just, I like them coming together. It's awesome. Uh, uh, but then you, you get Tom Savini and this other guy, <laughs> this other guy and uh, James Rolfe points the scene out. I got I got to give them cred, but I loved it too. They're they're looking through binoculars and they're like, they land that that whirly bird on the roof, and and that's how they get in and out of there. And the guy's like, yeah, and he's like, they blocked all Tom Savini's like they blocked all the entrances with trucks, and the other guy's like, yeah, trucks. I'm just like, <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. The fact that you leave this, I bet it's in all the cuts. I don't. Argento was probably just like sucking on olives in italy and like yep. roger just like loving this scene uh, it, it's it's awesome it's awesome the biker gang is fucking awesome they ken Forey calls them a professional army i don't know how he knows that i don't know what he's saying because i'm like how do you know what the fuck the, these people are doing but it's, well, it's because they said three and then 30 of them showed up that takes some well, no, no, it does take some strategizing, but I'm saying they're a, ro- a roaming gang of fucking biker, rebel, crazy people. Like, they're just surviving based on numbers, you know, which is a good thing, I mean, I guess, but the, the, the way they're going mm. about it. I wonder if, if, the, if they would have replied, which this was a debate between Peter, Stephen, and Fran, who are the only characters left now at the mall, whether or not to answer them back. I wonder if, if saying, look, guys, yeah, we're in here and we just want to survive. You want to come in here with us and we'll be better together. Now, does that lead Fran to get abused? I don't, because you don't know. So mm-hmm. I get there. I, I feel like talking to them might have helped, but maybe it wouldn't have. You don't know. That's, that's why Ken Forey would have been, he'd have been daddy. He'd have been there like, nah, fuck that. I'd have been like, okay, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but yeah. Um, yeah. I'm rambling. Save me. Well, someone. No, no, you're exactly right because in when society it, and it doesn't take long. I mean, it 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 can happen so quickly, and we've unfortunately we've even seen some of this in the yeah. past year and a half. It didn't where, even take COVID to make society crumble. By the way, yeah. As soon as as soon as things start going south, then you have um, weird things happening, looting and rioting, and so um, I know that when they blocked off the mall. They were anticipating, of course, keeping out the zombies, but they're also anticipating marauders. And Mm -hmm. what I love, what makes this among the great zombie films, any great zombie film worth its salt will show us that the true monsters are, you know, our fellow human beings who don't have much humanity at all. Uh, Whereas, like, the zombies are actually a little more humane than we thought. We assume that zombies are the monsters, but no, it's actually the people who are completely conscious of what they're doing and they're preying upon other people. Amazing. I 
I think Walking Dead did that really well in its first few seasons, like conveyed mm-hmm. that sort of message with yeah. the governor and stuff. Yeah, yes. you're right. You know, one one thing, quick note I want to make here is with how organized the quote unquote professional army was is <laughs> how easily they got taken out. <laughs> you know, when they came in that mall, they just seemed so careless and everything. But I suppose, I mean, they're out, they were crushing not Miller lights, but you know, the champagne of beers, the high lifes. So they were probably a little bit tuned up and <laughs> maybe not making the best decisions. I saw some iron city beer in here too. And my dad, used to work at iron city actually he was their um their programmer yeah back in the day yeah no no yeah that is a real beer isn't i I thought i read some Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah i've been i've been there i've been to the very you know factory that's where my dad worked oh shit yeah so as far as with the you know and we're gonna get into some themes here lastly uh but yeah the bikers come in made some terrible decisions. I mean, the one dude with the sombrero putting his arm 50 times in that blood pressure machine <laughs> might be my favorite part of the third act. I mean, no lie. That was yes. what's going through your brain. Like at the very end, when half your army or friends have been killed for you to shove your arm back in there. I thought that I still, I still, it baffles me. I forgot about that until I watched it again. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I love that scene. <laughs> makes no sense but i'm like all right man you do you Mm. (laughs) yes it's wacky it it's definitely one of the odd moments in this and and i love i i love when a movie has just odd just odd sequences that that stand out and and that's definitely one of them yeah yeah the dude with the blood pressure machine he couldn't let it go (laughs) he died doing what he loved but I like the other guy that talks to him a little bit more. Again, James Roth points this out, but I love the scene. I love the delivery where the guy's like, man, why are you playing around while people are up there shooting at us? <laughs> he delivers the line just like that. Like, just like matter of factly, like, hey, man, you know, not like, oh, fuck. You know, like, it's, it's just like people are shooting at us, dude. Stop fucking around. Come on. You're probably used to that, I'd imagine. I guess, but it's it's just so crazy. Yeah. No, it was, and it's funny too to think if Flyboy wouldn't have started shooting, you know, what would have happened? Would they have ridden their motorcycles in there for 15 minutes? They couldn't have taken that much crap. I mean, they're all on bikes. I mean, what's one guy going to, you know, stuff a couple of Pepsis in his pockets and just roll out or what? I mean, they're not going to clean you out per se. Mm. No, well, I, this was another big problem for me is like, why in the fuck didn't they just stay hidden and let these guys do what they were doing? Mm -hmm. I think they made a really bad choice. Flyboy, he fucked up bad. They shouldn't have went down there. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's not a bad choice. It was risky. What's that? I said, you know, it's not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. What? (laughs) Cracking a beer. Crack that motherfucker, bro. Keep going, bud. <laughs> yeah, they, I think it was a bad decision to even go down there. I can kind of get it, but I would have been more on the side of like, nope, we're not going. And I think even at one point, <clears throat> excuse me, I think even at one point, Peter says, like, just let them, like, don't do anything. They're going to take what they want and they're going to go. 
You did. There's zombies everywhere. I mean, what the fuck are they going to do? And they're, and they're crazy. Dude, you get pies in the face. Zombie yes. scene. I was right waiting here. for us to talk about this. Yeah. This is amazing. This is the best shit of all time. I'm just. Put <laughs> your mic a little closer to your face, Tibu. Okay. Can you hear me? Yep. This is the best shit of all time. Is the, 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 the pies in the face of the zombies. Just the absurd stabbing of the zombies. The, 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 the red neon blood. Mm-hmm. You get Melted head shots. Cream. You get body shots. Huh? Melted crayons. Yeah. yeah, dude. Chef Gordon D. You get body shots, head shots. You get fucking machete to the head. You get knife to the throat. <laughs> You get this is, what saying, this is where it picks up. I mean, you had some gore, you know, in that we'll, we'll call it the lull. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when they're clearing out the, the the mall, I guess. But yeah, this is where it kind of picks back up. You get some great gore, great kill effects at the apartment. Then you got that that little dip, and then it picks back up with a biker gang coming in mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it makes you wonder, I mean, what do you think was the, the intention there with the pies and the zombies faces? I mean, what, what is that about? Like who would, I mean, would I you think, ever <laughs> go ahead? No, I, I think that's just, they wanted to be fucking stupid. I don't think there's a deeper meaning. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I mean, maybe, maybe there is, but I'm not saying, I thought it was just like, these guys are like, Hey, you know, it'd be fun fuck it let's try it and and then they did it and they left mm-hmm. it in and it's now so i mean i don't know if it is iconic but for me it is and james roth pointed it out and um fucking a i read a couple things and the rumor is is in the very first one they were talking about how are we going to kill these zombies what's going to be the one thing Someone <laughs> Pie to the face. <laughs> so this was like you were saying it was like a joke thing that they filmed and mm-hmm. Romero did actually say that he was expecting to throw it on the cutting room floor, but he was like, you know, what kind of fits the, the whole, wow. I guess, mentality of this biker group, because you can tell they, they, they built zany. this from the very first time you meet them in that mm-hmm. they have zero fucks to give. They're out there, <laughs> yeah. drink beer, loot. An- anarchists. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're like Vikings on wheels. The best part is, is <laughs> they, that was a real legit biker gang. Like there were zero actors. Tom Savini was part of a biker gang. That was all. Well, besides Savini, actually, Romero <laughs> had a quick cameo on that as well too. But there, it was a real biker gang with real motorcycles. And during the commentary, they're talking about when they filmed that, they're like the sound of those bikes in the mall was something we'll never forget. And mm-hmm. I have a like a true true story or however you want to say that experience because if uh, like I've driven you know long story short I had a truck with in college that had big pipes on it, it was super loud and if I drove through tunnels it sounded so good like you can't not drive through a tunnel and give a whop through there mm-hmm. so I can imagine it sounded pretty good <laughs> yeah bad and in high school this is kind of weird there was a kid in my high school who dressed exactly like james dean even kind of looked like james dean and one day he brought his motorbike in the high school and was just cruising really slow down the hall and he went all the way down to one end came back and the principal came out and stood there and (laughs) 
<laughs> and he pulled up and, and stopped to him. And, and the principal said very casually, where are you going? And the kid's just like, for a ride. <laughs> and that was like, it, it was so weird. He ended up in like counseling and stuff. Like they, they made him go to like a, a shrink for that. But it was super hilarious. Dude, yeah, I was going to say that like you, you never hear about that now. That's like just shit from like the 80s and 90s. That is, Absolutely. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, wrapping up with... <laughs> Now I'm going to be thinking every time I watch this movie now, I'm going to be like, Oh, where, where are they driving through the high school at? Yeah. Uh, uh, wrapping up with the whole biker gang thing. Yeah. They let all the zombies in. It's weird because that's where I say this, the part that kind of baffles me a little bit is, is you know, that zombie or that, that army is basically wiped out between the zombies and, you know, uh, a fly boy who can't shoot. And then Peter, and we come to the culmination of, of the movie. I would have rather seen the ending that was cut. But, yeah, we get... Oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, Peter gets off some good shots, though. He, he, he takes out Tom Savini. He <laughs> takes out... Well, he don't take out the guy. Uh, he shoots him in the arm, and he falls off the bike at the end. But uh, the zombies get him. Great shot, because he waits. Like, it was like, it was like the... What, what is that? Braveheart? Hold! hold. And then he... Yep. Until he's in the middle of the zombies and then he wings them just to give them that fuck you death and I'm going to have you eat my <laughs> It was so awesome, dude. I'm sorry. Amazing. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, the biker scene is, is amazing. The whole, that whole part is great. And now you go into uh, Steven who started this chain reaction of fuckery. He finally gets bitten, which shocked me i was like i thought he would live i didn't know who was going to live and die going in again well they, they kind of give you a, gave you a little uh i'll call it a double entendre because he gets shot in the arm and then you're like oh god like what's gonna happen i didn't think he was gonna die from that i thought he just got wounded he did he did but then that's the thing is is he jumps down to get his radio in the uh elevator mm -hmm. and that's what triggers that whole series of events because he can't get back up yeah he's on yeah, the he's, he's on the radio with with peter and he's like hey just get in the the shaft and i'll come get you blah 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 shit goes down dude shit goes he's down a fuck, he's a fuck up in this scene i'm sorry but he is uh in not this scene but this whole character though mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean yeah bad decisions but yeah. he he gets bit and this is <laughs> uh peter goes upstairs and immediately fran's like he's dead and runs to him oh wait wait where was she when she said this oh yeah that's right she was on the top of the steps because At she the was the top of the fucking stairs fucking mall. <laughs> and and he's like we'll just wait a while i heard his gun but we're gonna wait a while and i'm like really really voice of reason they wait a while and he's a zombie and I have a theory here. So Night of the Living Dead, no sentient zombies. Day of the Dead, there's a sentient zombie. Mm -hmm. I think, based on actions taken by the zombie, uh, Stephen, that he was somewhat sentient because, yes, the other zombies remember them all. I get that. But he remembers immediately where to go, uh, where they blocked mm -hmm. off the stairwell. He shuts the door behind him, 
when he comes into the room to face Fran and Peter. I remember that part specifically. Yeah, he because mm-hmm. he he did get okay. So for Devil's Advocate, the theory with that is that you is that Peter murdered Stephen. Okay, he murdered him. The theory with that is that you have these thoughts like that was said by Peter early on in the movie and that, yeah, they're drawn to this because this is where they spent a lot of time. Well, that's where he spent a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But as far as with the, the door getting shut, that was kind of a weird, I was thinking about that actually, ironically enough with this watch, because I was like, yeah, he, that didn't happen until after he got shot. Like, like you say, the first action is more, it's been touched on already, but him shutting the door is extra. That's like, he's trying to keep the others out. He's trying to go in there and be like, guys it's me and maybe maybe because roger cries with pete he's crying to peter he's upset saying mm-hmm. i'm gonna try not to come back as that and he sits up in bed yes. so before anything can happen he gets blown you know his head blown off same thing with 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 steven i'm wondering if if maybe they weren't and then you know we can get into land of the dead later the more sentient zombies or, or people that are trying really hard to fight whatever this is, or I don't know what it, I don't know how to explain it other than. Oh, that's a good, that's well, a good, yeah, that's, I haven't really thought about that too much. I, I actually think that that scene with Roger is the key to understanding that, or at least for my take on it, which is it, when, when Roger has transformed and he sits up, you can see in his eyes, and this is the real horror for me, you can almost see in his eyes that he is that he is mournful and and just truly terrified um, by his his present predicament that he finds himself because it's it's almost as if he has a degree of consciousness to where he's he's aware of his of his pitiful state and so I, I don't know I I think that underscores the horror that you're in there somewhere. And I think a lot of zombie movies do. They're in the, out. They're in the yeah. sunken place, bro. When mm-hmm. they're in zombie form, they're just floating in that shit. Like, I'm not doing this, but I can feel everything. It's, it's a so very tiny. interesting conversation. You know, and, and, and I don't know why, but with Jay, with you talking, you know what that really reminded me of was that movie, The Cured. Have you seen that? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So that, that, movie would be a fun one to talk about as well because of Mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying because that movie explores what you just said i mean i don't want spoilers but i didn't i haven't seen that oh it's so good the craziest thing about that movie is like afterwards when i was laying on my couch just thinking like holy fuck like how do you live with yourself well yeah i don't want to spoil anything but jay i think you know where i'm coming from. oh yeah Absolutely. Oh, I want to see the cured. The yeah. cured, and then yeah, it has um, what what what? Elliot Page, I think she goes by now. Yeah, Ellen yeah. Page, Elliot Page, Ellen Page, Ellen Page, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Is it a Canadian horror film? But I believe it is out of Canada, isn't it? It's, Canada it's, makes some of the best fucking horror movies, dude. Yeah, it's, I want to. I want to see it's this. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I I love it. Um, that that was on my top twenty for uh, twenty eighteen, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a very smart um, zombie film. In fact, uh, yeah, I I discussed that once with uh, Kyle Bishop, and it's it's great to hear him talk about that movie too. He's so cool. But oh, what, he's, what, he's a zombie guy. What show was that on? 
Um, yeah, that's over at Considering the Cinema as well. I'll look yeah, it I've up. I've listened to a whole bunch of Considering the Cinema, but I got to, I don't know. We, if need, to, we need to talk to this Kyle Bishop is, is what it I, sounds like. Oh, he's so cool. Yeah, he's awesome. Yep. Is that is that the Dr. Walking Dead or whatever? Yeah, Dr. Walking Dead. Yeah, Walking he's a. brilliant. Oh, man. Yeah, we might have to get some kind of weird foursome collaboration going here. So but that's, that's a different conversation. So, but yeah, <laughs> wrapping up. Yeah, let, let, I mean, wrapping this up here. After I mean, after Steven gets bit, he goes back, he gets shot, and then Ken Forey's like, I'm going to commit suicide by zombie. You go ahead and fly this bird out of here. So uh, Fran goes up to the roof. The did you forget about break. that scene as well? Did you think that he was actually going to get chomped Me? up? Yes. Yeah, I didn't know. I, huh. I, I did not remember how this ended, dude, at all. At all. I, did, I thought Steven, I, I didn't know any of them were going to die. Okay. So, but, but eventually, Ken Forey's like, nah, bro, I'm not going out like this. Because he has like this little baby gun that he's going to take himself out oh, with. Oh, it's like a Derringer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know guns, but it's like. It's a little Derringer. It's just a little two shot, two, two barrel. That's it. Yeah. That'll fuck somebody up if they're trying to steal your purse. <laughs> It'll right. fuck him up to death. <laughs> but uh, no, so I thought he was going to kill himself. And uh, I knew about the scene, that uh, the, the cut scene where Fran gets out the helicopter, sees the zombies coming on the roof, and is like, you know what? Fuck this world. I'm going to take myself out. Stands up and gets her head cut off. That would have <laughs> been cool. I, I, okay, look, if that would have been the ending, I w- and I didn't know that, I would have been fine with that. I'd have been like, yeah, fuck this shit, dude. But I'm glad in a way that Ken Forey is like, my balls are too big. And he fights his way out. And he fucking gets in that helicopter mm-hmm. as she's flying off, climbs in. And, they, and, she, and they're like, uh, Peter's like, how much fuel we got? Not much. And he's like, all right. Yes. And then they just go into the sun, into the, the, the sunrise. Sunrise, yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Dawn of the Dead, I don't know, man. I mean, the bleak ending, I normally love bleak shit. That's why I like cosmic horror because there's no happy, nothing. Uh, there's nothing. It's fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I'm like, that shit's, yeah, bro. But I like that this movie had a, an optimistic ending to a degree. You know, she's going to have mm-hmm. her kid. She's going to be safe with Ken Forey. He's going to keep her safe. He's smart. They're going to love each other. They're going to raise that kid in Canada because I think that's where they were going, right? <laughs> I want to interrupt both you guys because the one question I wrote down here that I wanted to ask you was, is we're going we're gonna to play a game here in that each of you guys were in a competition here and <laughs> George Romero's estate said, hey, uh, Tibu and Jay the Dead, I have chosen you guys to write the script of a direct sequel of Dawn of the Dead. And you have to figure out what happened and where the story progresses with Franny and Peter. Uh, yeah. Jay said, you go. Where, where, where do they go? What's their story? How does it hmm. carry on? Well, that's great. Yeah, because yeah, as I answer that, one thing I love about this ending is, even though it's not as, as bleak as your typical horror ending that I, that I appreciate, there's still a real emptiness and a hollowness. So obviously, mm-hmm. since there's not much fuel, they're going to come down somewhere 
you know, in a questionable place. So I'm thinking a train, a train yard, right? Okay. And, and um, there's still a train running. They hop the train, okay? And then we have some train zombie Ooh, misadventures. Yeah, like train, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool with them especially. And, and she's still trying to like, she's like eight months, nine months yeah, in. It'd be a great yes. story with her getting, yeah. Yeah, got to deliver a baby in the hay. In the hay car, <laughs> right? Yeah. Of the train? Yeah. <laughs> There's a zombie hobo? Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude. Dude. <laughs> I know. It's writing itself it. now. I know. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling yeah, it. This is copyrighted for all of you listening. <laughs> yeah, motherfuckers. I would have this go like Hunter Hunter. Like they would go mm. live out in the woods. Yes. And, 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 and be like a, a couple out there with their little kid and teaching them the ways of keeping zombies out and shit. And then you get... What's the actor that played the fucking the werewolf in that movie? He's not a werewolf, but he is metaphorically. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, he's he's great. He's fucking it. great. John Connor. The hell's his name? I know, I know, and I can't think of it. Uh, yeah, but anyway, that actor he shows up and he's a zombie. All right, and same deal. Same deal happens. Yeah. I don't know somehow. Kid gets eaten. Whatever. I'm not going to spoil Hunter Hunter here. No. That, that doesn't happen. At, well, maybe it does. Uh, <laughs> Nick Stahl, uh, by the way. Nick, Nick Stahl. Yes. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yep. Thank you so much. No problem. Is, that dude is fucking awesome. But uh, that'd be my take on it is that they get they, they go to Canada. But no, you know what? No one dies. They all live. Fuck that, man. They all live happily ever after. This is Disney plus plus right here. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Good work. Good work. Um, we're running long here, so we're going to real quickly run over just our interpretations of the theme and whatnot. And I'm going to read a couple notes real quick that I have. So, I mean, obviously it, it, it should be no surprise to anyone, at least if you're in the privy of the Romero franchise movies, but what is the theme? Obviously it's, it's going to be, you know, consumerism. There's a link between consumers and zombies. It's obviously humans have that quote-unquote need for material indulgence. Zombies have that blind need to eat human flesh. I guess the difference would be is that their wants over needs, hence, you know, the idea of consumerism. Mm -hmm. This theme plays out throughout the, the, the movie as well. You know, one of the main things that kind of culminates, I mean, obviously the third act is a really good example of that, but Right as, as that third act is, is really starting to ramp up, you have what we had talked about with that lavish dinner they had, Ken Forey cooking them up that super fine. I mean, they're all dressed to the nines, fur coats. They've got gold chains, necklaces, watches, rings, a whole two bits. They're sitting down at this super fancy, lavish meal. And you, you know, because they, they, they're, they're kind of out, you know, and I read this too, and this guy put it really well in that, that final scene before the bikers come is they're kind of looking over that whole mall. Like, yes, I've got it. I've conquered it. And they're, they're looking at it as he put it, as they're saying goodbye to a lover kind of thing. And then boom, mm. you get that binocular coming in with the biker gang coming and the biker game comes in and it's almost like they liberated them from being, prisoners i guess to this whole material prison ultimately you know with mm -hmm. all their is whatnot so 
the, the final scene, I guess, is a really great juxtaposition between the undead and the consumers. You know, it's almost like a consumer genocide, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's, that's just a couple quick notes I had on, I guess, the interpretation of that whole idea. I like how you, how you wrap that up, dude. That's, that nice. sounds like poetry to me. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I agree with all of that, and I see the, the media aspect of it. Um, when they, they want to keep watching the broadcast, we're addicted to our devices. If you want to use the 2021 lens, um, the consumerism, I mean, living beyond means gathering in a place, just, they have a part where it comes over the intercom randomly where this lady's like, uh, hurry up with your shopping because if you more than $5, yeah, more than five bucks, we'll give you some hard candy. I'm like, what the fuck that was funny but it also it's a message um and what i got from this is a carl sagan quote came to my mind watching the bikers especially run through here and when uh steven says you know no we we this is mine or whatever whatever he says before he takes that first shot uh, Carl Sagan says in his pale blue dot speech that we are momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. And I'm like, <laughs> these people are just sitting here squabbling when they should be com- coming together. And we can't escape that. And the zombies eating the flesh is, is like a symbol of that. It's, 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 it's all that. And it's what, it's what Jay said. It's the real horror is the real people the not zombies, what people can do to each other. And we've seen throughout history, like what we can do to each other for mm-hmm. whatever fucking made up arbitrary reasons that we have. And uh, the theme of that is what hit home for me watching this, uh, the second time it, mm-hmm. it, that that's the, that's the thing that struck me hardest. was that. Well said. Yeah. And, um, I agree. I mean, I, there's definitely for me an inevitability of death that it will catch up with you eventually. And, and to back, you know, what Bostuna was saying about the consumerism, another little consumer angle in this, which um, I think is cool is the fact that Roger wants to go back for his backpack that, that, that ended up being his downfall. So that materialism of the backpack. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn, he, he just couldn't leave it, man. You 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 have a hardware store. You have whatever the fuck. <laughs> I, and that was a tough spot too, with those trucks so close together, zombies behind, and oh yeah, that, that wily fucker. Okay, so let's get into final thoughts and ratings. I think what I want to do is have let's go J T Boo and then me. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Final thoughts and ratings. That sounds great. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, much like Citizen Kane, I feel like each additional time I've seen this, even though I have to watch it in two cities, I I appreciate it more and more. And and honestly, I want to thank you too because I've I've learned a lot about this film just talking with you two about it and listening to your observations. So I really appreciate you helping me to enjoy this film better but um yeah i mean i think i think this is a a really what i think is special about this i love siege narratives i i absolutely love that and they get holed up in the mall 
and then there's a zombie siege and then the biker gang siege and that's one of my favorite things and this is a survival horror film as well i mean they're trying to figure out how to survive and i think my first few times watching this the the um i guess the mundanity of of you know what it would be like if you were actually trying to figure out the logistics of okay well how are we going to live now okay well, well let's block off this entryway and I mean, this film explores some of that, and maybe I wasn't appreciating that enough over the years. But, um, you know, even though it is a little bit deliberately paced in the lull in the middle, uh, I think maybe some of that is necessary because they do, they do get lulled into complacency to a certain extent. But, yeah, for me, Dawn of the Dead, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. And I, I think it's a must-see for any horror fan, of course. I still say it's a little... I think it's a little overrated, but, yep. um, you know, fair enough. I mean, it's, it's definitely one of the great zombie films of horror cinema. I'm going to echo Jay of the Dead a lot. Uh, I said as well that this movie had been boring to me on first watch. Having seen various parts of the film over the years, I appreciated scenes. I appreciated some of the aspects of it that I learned about through other people's eyes. Watching it this time, there were no lulls. I was engaged the entire time. The characters did that. The scenes did that. The schlocky dialogue and humorous parts really helped and went, went towards uh, <laughs> my overall enjoyment. And I want to go back and watch this movie again because of that. The themes of, uh, like, well, as we discussed, the consumerism, you know, okay. But I, I got the, the more territorial uh, vibe watching it this time of how people treat each other um, and how I hope that's not the case if things really got dire. But it, it's 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 i'm kind of i'm kind of losing some of the stuff i wanted to say because i'm 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 now on the spot talking about it but i i kind of come in with you right there with an 8.5 out of 10 on a second viewing and and a real viewing after years of of watching movies and after two three-ish years of doing podcasting and trying to be critical uh and explaining it to people this movie is immensely worth your time uh whether you watch the i watched the extended version by the way uh two hours and 19 minutes i want to say so that's the version i saw um i accidentally started the (laughs) the orgento version i was like why are all these credits italian (laughs) why is zombie spelled with an i i did okay this is orgento so but yeah this like like Jay said, this is for the the horror fans, must see zombie fans, it's your Bible. I get it. Um I see what I, I, I see what you see. I also agree that I think it might be a little bit overrated. A little bit, just a little tiny bit. <laughs> tiny. And and I say that really like I don't care if people love it that much, they say it's the best. Cool. But if but if you're asking me, I'm like, nah, I think I think night and spoilers, I think day is better. So yep. that's, that's me. For sure. And, and Jay, I guess. So Cole, <laughs> come all over our face next. <laughs> all right. 
I'm going to unzip myself and, and give you guys a, a lesson here. No, I'm just kidding. But this movie, obviously, zombie fans, I don't need to say anything more about this, this movie. Those that are not direct zombie fans in general or check it out, you have to. It's one of those movies that, I mean, I mean we're going to say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, 78, Psycho. You have to see it and then make your own assumption for me personally. And for, for zombie fans out there, I think what we can agree on with this movie is that this is the one that really draws us in. The biggest difference is, is that this is coming in at in 78. So it's going to be more, it's going to appeal more to people at least my age and that, Hey, this is a color movie. You're going to naturally, I guess, you know, gravitate towards that. And that's why this one, I was, I was more apt. Obviously I saw the 1990 night, night living dead first, the 68 version I saw later, this one was a whole new, it, it just took everything and multiplied it exponentially. The soundtrack I thought was a really good balance between somber and brooding, but then again, it would go light and comedic it played that part pretty well. The biggest thing with me with this obviously is nostalgia. And, and that is something that I can never fully explain other than what I talked about with this here. I love this movie for everything. As far as a Tom Savini effects, the gore. When I started watching this as a kid, I did notice the color of the <laughs> melted red crayon paint. <laughs> I mean that 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 all set aside. I love this movie. I, I'm, you know, I'm rambling at this point because it's just there's too much I like about this. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna leave you guys with the quote because zombies have been around for thousands of years. So what I'm gonna say in this quote is, it's more of an excerpt. We'll say, "I will knock down the gates of the netherworld. I will smash the doorposts and leave the doors flat down, and will let the dead." go up to eat the living and the dead will outnumber the living. And that's from the Epic of Gilgamesh. So I'm coming in with this movie unsurprisingly as a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I love it. I've, we, we, the one thing we have yet to do on this movie is a top 10 movies of all time. Be prepared to see this one somewhere in that list. I won't give you any more, any more info mm -hmm. than that. But mm -hmm. to wrap up the show, Jay of the Dead, obviously, I'm honored to have you on. I'm super pumped. I had a lot of fun. And I want to give you an opportunity to, we call it, pimp your wares. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. Thank you. Yeah, this was, seriously, thank you for having me on the Joe Blow Horror Show. You guys are great, Fostuna and Tibu. I really appreciated this opportunity. Um, I have a horror podcast. It's called HorrorMovieWeekly.com. I'm over there with... The aforementioned Mr. Watson, Shani Dreadful, and I just got a brand new lady, lady horror co-host, Projectile Varmint. And that's an exclusive. People don't even know about that yet. She'll be out in episode 101, so you can hear her. And then I'm, a, I'm a considering the cinema.com, which you guys have talked about tonight. In that, that episode, Boss Tuna, that you asked about for The Cured, I believe is episode 30 with Kyle Ooh. Bishop. Yeah, so... And then Movie Podcast Weekly is kind of a comedic movie podcast show. It's very silly. So the, thank you for again for having me. It's been a real honor for me. 
It was great. I've, I've been looking forward to obviously this, not only this whole series, but to having you on just in general. Obviously, if you're going to do a Summer Thank of the you. Dead series, you got to have Jay of the Dead on. So, <laughs> Thank you. Um, just to recap, Tibu comes in at an eight and a half, I believe. Jay of the yep. Dead came in at an eight and a half. Bastuna mm-hmm. came in at a 10. Stay tuned. Next week, we will be coming back at you with another special guest who is going to have some big shoes to fill, and we will be covering the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us, except we never close out a show without making a guest host run the gauntlet. Uh Dawn of the Dead, (laughs) I'm surprising you with the gauntlet. You have no idea what's coming, and that is what makes this fun. I am going to ask you a series of questions. Don't take any time in answering these. I want okay. whatever comes to the top of your head right off the bat. Jay of the Dead, are you ready to run the gauntlet? Uh, yeah, I'll do my best. I'm uh, Just so you know, and I'm not trying to make excuses, I am a slow thinker. So, <laughs> so, okay. So this will be very tough for me. I'll probably well, embarrass keep in myself. Mind if you laugh, you lose. Okay, no laughing. Okay. <laughs> Pizza or burgers? Pizza. Beer or liquor? Beer. Hockey, yeah. football, baseball, or basketball? Baseball. Ass or titties? Ass. Stand or mm-hmm. when you wipe? A stand. <laughs> Homebody or out with friends? Homebody. Fishing or hunting? Fishing. Cannibal Holocaust or a Serbian film? Cannibal Holocaust. Rather go blind or rather go deaf? Deaf. Top half of Hulk Hogan and bottom half of Margot Robbie or top half of Margot Robbie and bottom half of Hulk Hogan? (laughs) (laughs) Bottom half of Margot Robbie. Penis-sized nipples or nipple-sized penis? Um, the, the, uh, <laughs> will you say it again? My mind is the, sorry. I, I, nipples or nipple sized penis. Okay. Uh, the latter. <laughs> rock or country? Uh, rock. Cats or dogs? Cats. Dog or missionary? <laughs> missionary. Freddie, Jason, Michael, or Leatherface? Leatherface. Slasher, zombie, supernatural, or creature feature? Creature feature. Chucky or Leprechaun? Chucky. Yeah. Jeff Carpenter or Wes Craven? Carpenter. Yeah. Master or Jordan Peele? Sorry, what was the first thing? Sorry. Ari Aster or Jordan Peele? Oh, okay. Ari Aster. 90s horror or 2000s horror? 2000s. Hills Have Eyes, the original or the remake? <sighs> remake. Slow. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Slow Damn. burns or to the point? It's, sorry, I, it cut out again. Sorry. Slow burns or to the point? To the point. First horror movie you ever remember seeing? Oh, um, <laughs> I have to be, honestly, you have to be Jaws. Favorite horror movie of all time, which I believe you might have mentioned. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Very nice. 
Jay of the Dead, that is the gauntlet. You came out alive. Congratulations. That, that was tough. And some, some of that was extremely personal, I have to say. Yes. <laughs> we are, we are a NSFW, not safe for work, and rated our podcast. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Boom. <laughs> that was incredible. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better. Ah! <laughs>